Everybody and welcome to episode 353 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I am Kurt, joined once again this week by my interracial, trust me on that one, co-hosts Peter and Jake. Yeah, Jake is Italian and Italian. I am. Um, um, and I'm. Thanks for I'm, pointing it out. I appreciate it. I'm just a whole, I'm a whole bunch of thanks. Um, yeah, this is the this is the raindrops are falling on my head edition of the cast. Um, shout outs, rip in peace to, uh, Burt Bacharach. Oh, I did not hear about that. Yeah. Noted, noted, um, pop legend. Uh. Um, and for, for us, for most people our age, um, known best for a single line and a short scene in Austin Powers, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. <laughs> And he plays his hits. It's it's a it's a wonderful scene. Burt wow. Backrack plays his hits. <laughs> I'll, I'll always remember it fondly. Well, I, you know what the most imp- the most uh, surprising part of that thing, actually, now that I think about it, is that Burt Backrack was still alive as of yesterday. <laughs> he looked like right. ninety in Austin Powers. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I right. Think, was he? It was either ninety four or eighty four. Ninety four. He was born in nineteen twenty eight, so ninety four. Yeah. My lord. Oh my I, lord. I can't tell if this is a recent picture, but he doesn't look too bad. Like. He looks very frail. I mean, for being ninety four, you're gonna look frail, but like I've seen worse, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Imagine like growing up in the depression and making it all the way. To start to being a, a part in an Austin Powers movie, <laughs> I I think the fact that he's a famous musician really was is... no. He lived to see Minions from the Dust Bowl. <laughs> it it is pretty he's, crazy he's how truly time a works. Time traveler. It's pretty crazy how time. He was works. born the year before Anne Frank, and lived till today. I kind of feel I kind of wish uh, I have a little young. bit of FOMO on that perspective of like. Uh, we grew up like seeing internet go from like, oh, that's cool, to like, oh, that's cool and fast. Um, but like, people didn't have that shit. And, <laughs> all right, I'm going to say a bunch of really dumb stuff. That's okay. But, We're like, reviewing a really dumb movie this week. So, anything like, you say is like. We'll be on theme, yeah. It, it goes into like the meme it. that people have been trying to like push. Um, is, is like, what would send like a. Uh, an 18th century like kid into a coma if they saw it today and it's like we just we just, there's like a big news story about fucking ai generated porn where like your your like secret crush could be plastered on riley reed's body doing every single position your mind could ever think of for like for free <laughs> Or if you have the uh, free? if you have a com- good computer to run it, like, do what? Know. What's real think, anymore, man? I think it's the McFlurry, honestly. You can <laughs> get, you can kill a man by just showing him an image of McFlurry. It's like looking at the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Fucking taking him through, like, take him through a Chick Fil A drive through. God forbid you show him a fillet of fish. <laughs> They ain't, ain't no square fish. 
in these 13 <laughs> colonies. Fish, <laughs> that'll take forever to prepare. We have to go catch it. No. Uh, wait, a- 18th century or 1800s? Uh, I don't know. Just a really old person, you know? Because 18th or, century, even showing them a picture of anything, they will be floored by the picture aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, but like, is that enough to send them through a coma? Or, or is that just to spook them a little bit? You is know? that even a thing? <laughs> Can you shock somebody so much that they just slip into a coma? Well, I'm sure it's possible, but, like, is it that, is it, like, a guarantee well, that, you know, they, they say it's, don't it's tell. It's a lot like, easier when they're like an 18th century Southern Belle with like a corset that brings like their fucking waist down to a single centimeter and they get no blood flow to the top half of their body. Well, you know, they say like don't tell like people who are like dementia ridden like what year it is. Don't like remind them that their dad's dead or something like that because they're going to like fucking have a conniption and they're gonna spiral so maybe that's the start of their seizure or coma or something like that i can say that because i have seizures you can't say that what if i get a coma i have i I have the s word pass i have the e word pass (laughs) just like i have the i word pass hey a mamma mia spaghetti and meatballs Is that the next? Is that the next? Uh, the sequel to this, Imama Mia. Imama Mia. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, you didn't tell him she was half Italian. Uh oh, this is. This, that's the next. This relationship the next is one. over. <laughs> It'll never work between. Yes. Between the Italians. And It'll never else. work between the Italians and other Italians. Yeah, secretly Eddie Murphy is like ultra Italiophobic. It's like. Fucking hate the Guidos. <laughs> oh, it's no secret. <laughs> with uh, your with your oregano. Was he ever in a movie Re- with Bobby Reagan-o? De Niro? I don't think so. Ronald Reagano. <laughs> Ronald Reagano. <laughs> I like that. They say, I, Ken- they say Kennedy was the first Catholic in the White House. But he was Irish. But we know. I know. They're, how do you There's, feel about the Irish Catholics? How do the how do the Roman Catholics? Feel about the Irish Catholics? We hate them, I think. I don't know what their stance is. I, I think the the Irish Catholic is pretty much like the model Roman Catholic, just with an extra dose of shame that can only be brought on by generations of hardship and famine. You, you know, <laughs> because clearly the fact that you weren't pious enough is the reason the whole country starved to death in the 1800s. <laughs> I think I think that's why aliens don't talk to us. Is because at a certain point they they saw us like like really mad, like the like the whole slavery thing they they got, they understood that. But like when they when we started discriminating against like Irish and Italians and stuff like that and like that's when they were like, "Oh, really? That's dumb." <laughs> I don't, guys. Let's turn around. Listen. They're not worth it. <laughs> the 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 guys with the potatoes. They don't like them now. <laughs> oh, get. Let's go. <laughs> the Bl- the Blarney Stone was so cute, and they just they they won't take it into their lives. I Something think wrong so. With these Americans, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll achieve world peace. Like we have. We have Catholics for the for the potato starch. We've got Catholics for the wheat starch. Now we need like Catholics for the rice starch. You know, one to cover all the grains. What? 
<laughs> one religious faction for for every grain, and then we can achieve um, what is it? Pan Pachis, Pax Pax Eternum, bread bread peace. The pasta li- salad. The li- <laughs> pasta salad. <laughs> Potato salad pot. See, that's why. That's the power of America. They say it's a melting pot. I say it's a picnic that both has both uh, macaroni and potato salad in it. The analogy my history teacher said is it's a lot more of a salad bowl than a uh, melting pot. <laughs> so you still can pick out the shit you don't like. <laughs> Kristen's over here. You want my tomatoes? I don't. Not, not a fan. Well, it's it's together, but it's not really. Yeah. One cohesive whole. Yeah, you're not you're not eating a a lettuce, tomato, and an onion in one. Yeah, you know, we're not Who's there the, yet. We're not. In the, we're not. Bowl, in the salad bowl of America, who is the single pepperoncini? <laughs> Yo, Kristen got one of those the other night at like an Italian <laughs> restaurant. I was like, what the fuck? They gave her like five pepperoncinis. Those shits are hot. What's up with that's the my one gripe with Italians. Is that well, Italian Americans, I should say, because basically Italians are just like, yeah, Caesar salad, that's about it, or tomato mm-hmm. and basil and arugula. Uh, but Italian Americans were like, let's just chop everything up and put it in a bowl and call it an anti pasta. Still call it a pasta. It's well, it's before it. the pasta, it's anti pasta. It's preposterous. I know. It's, it is preposterous because they're just got chunks of food. They just. They quarter a head of cabbage, throw that in you, let you dissect it yourself. My favorite Family Guy the, joke. Uh, it is a great Family Guy joke. I'm pulling part of it there, but like it was it's really relatable to me. It was of lettuce though, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, speaking yeah. of heads of lettuce and food in particular, that's where we're coming at you live, as always, from Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Yep, I like. I do like in spe- that you. Uh, insinuated that uh, food is a subset of lettuce, like lettuce is of a greater organizational category. You're like speaking of lettuce and food in specific, <laughs> if we're, yeah, we're going to really narrow it, laser focus in. Like, lest we forget all the non-edible lettuces out there. Well, ca- well, I don't know. If it's con- For well, example, not lettuce, but it's. I think it's considered cabbage. Lettuce. That shit's the lettuce got go. so many different. Derivation. Well, depending upon who you ask, all uh, versions of lettuce may be inedible. <laughs> I wonder who. Ron Swanson, maybe? <laughs> yes, Ron. You've Ron. given me the food that my food eats. Classic rabbit food. But not 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 Roscoe's chicken and waffles. I've I, I need more chicken and waffles in my in my life, honestly, just as a food thing. Yeah. It just I mean, doesn't happen enough. I didn't have it till I was much later in life, until I had aged. I had gotten to a certain level, and then I, mm-hmm. I unlocked the chicken and waffles option in my my menu category. And I'm like, why wasn't this here from, like, level 10? Like, I would have thought this was dope growing up. I would have yeah, been it's... asking for this on the daily. Yeah. We got That's access. Good. I mean, we got the bagel meta. We we went. We came into the bagel meta. So, like, I can't complain too much. That we did. It's the bagel meta is strong. I heard. I can't fucking uh... the customize the customizable options. Like, if 
like it's a testament like waffles never had the variety uh like no one makes like a cream cheese and like cinnamon and like raisin waffle sandwich but oh. I, I i will see families packs of families <laughs> devour <laughs> cinnamon raisin bagels with like olives and like covered in sea salt on them what and raspberry jam waffles just had a different like enchantment system than bagels where like you would enchant the waffles with different uh uh, uh spells and whatnot you'd have your chocolate chip waffles whipped cream mm. sometimes you mix and match the enchantments uh it gave a whole different power level i don't think it's on the same level as bagels because bagels are inherently just strong because of yeah, its different I mean, customization. They went for a they went for a um, particle and matrix kind of composite instead of a, a laminated sort of form that you find with your with your bagel. God. This is all, we should make a game about life. Wait, oh, before we talk about Trey Watch, the th- the the segment of the show where we talk about trailers, I just want to throw this out to everyone. Door, donut Oreos, where you take a chocolate donut, two like two halves of a chocolate donut, and you spread frosting between them. <laughs> Did you want to call it Doreos at first? I wanted to call it Doreos. <laughs> We've been doing this show too long. We both instantly knew where you wanted to go with the name. Man, I, I will. And the last, last thing, I, I have to reveal this. Well, we it's like a face reveal, answer but maybe question. more damning. I'm not a double stuff guy. I'm, I'm, my stuffs are single. I like my stuff single. That's I'll cool. even foray into the thins. That's, that's brave of you. That's not. No, that's not an acceptable human behavior. You're you're a cookie guy, aren't you? I'm, I'm a cookie man. Wow. Cook. I'm a cookie boy. But with the thins, <laughs> the cookie is also thinner. Is it? It is. Oh, okay. Because they have double stuffed thins, which you would think (laughs) 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 would just be a regular Oreo. (laughs) But in fact, the cookie is thinner. I I fucking, I want to go to the Oreo website and I want it to be like McMaster Car. Where you have the drop, like the five drop downs for your cookie thickness, your stuffing thickness, your co- well, and all the like, types. It's like the the fucking shenanigans that Nabisco tried to pull with the cookies and cream flavored Oreos. It's like, hey, hey, that, you can't do that. That's already what it is. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? America was just like, hey, not enough cream. <laughs> Nabisco. <laughs> it would be not, not enough, enough cookie cream. in that situation, wouldn't oh, it? Because fucking... they put extra bits of cookie in the cream. Oh, I hope they still make quad stuff. Just the no, obscene they... creation that was quad stuff. It's uh, it's it's called most stuff. Well, it's mega stuff, and then there's most stuff, <laughs> which me... is more stuffed. <laughs> um, Please tell me it's mega stuffed. <laughs> So different mega, sizes of Oreo. Thins, original, double stuff, mega stuff. We're never going to get stuff. the trailers. Uh, We're never. Yeah. The, the most stuff. As soon as I said double stuff thins, I think that was it. You I think this show became me. about Oreos. I'm pretty oh. sure that's how you unlock one of the bosses in a D&D like, module. 
Oh, this, this week you, is... You take two Oreo thins and combine them together. Yeah. It's, I had yeah, to get a double-stuffed Oreo thing. It's too much. Oh, the Swedish fish Oreos. All right. I This is a rabbit hole that is, in fact, too big. It's too stuffed for it's us to go deep. down. We have to talk it's about um, air. Air. <laughs> the Nike yeah. Air story. <laughs> Uh, on Trey Watch. <laughs> on Trey Watch, the segment. Finally. Where we stuff our trailers. And we stuff trailers um, in between two delicious cookie crisps. So Not the this, cereal, but yes. like crisp, crisp cookies. Oreo O's. Oreo O's is a cereal. I love Oreo O's. And much like an Oreo, this movie has both cookies and cream in it. Is that what we're calling um, is Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon? Yep. Yep, they are the this, cream. This the has to have the most interesting ensemble cast I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I so I did a double take when I saw Chris Tucker. Yeah, he hasn't done anything in years. But you got Matt Damon and Jason Bateman. That would be weird enough, but then you have Chris Tucker in this. You have Viola Davis fresh off of finishing up the egot uh mm-hmm. although i will i will say that her grammy was for narrating her audiobook okay i mean huh. does that yeah, really count like the, the cursed <laughs> nature of her of her film appearances over the last few years what if that's like what if that's like the loophole that like actors have found they're like yeah really like sing. i'm like if that's a thing now it really devalues the G part in your egot because any asshole can write a book. It's a it's a it's a lowercase G. It's a egot. It used to Make be it. egot. Now it's egot. I got it. I got it. So yeah, no, of all the yeah, of all theaters, the people I thought would get you got, I wouldn't think it'd be Viola Davis. Anyways, only in theaters on April fifth. You can catch your favorite biopic of your favorite shoe who nike nike who nike jordans air jordans hence the name i implore uh, you guys to watch this trailer without sound and look at some of these facial expressions especially like (laughs) matt damon he makes some goofy faces in this um this is directed by ben affleck and i like the last movie he did they wanted to do like a ford versus ferrari i feel like you know where it's like a corporate kind of like story um but well, I mean, yeah, like there are other movies that fit that description, but yeah, yes, but that's the first one I came to. I think partially because of the Matt Damon because Matt there. Damon was also in that, yeah. Um, but I don't know how much this this feels like that, but they're less subtle about like this is spot this is sponsored by Nike. Um, this feels more to I don't, me like it's going to be a Nike commercial more than more than these things usually are. I don't, I don't. I don't know that I agree. Um, I think it's just kind of the way that this movie was going to have to play out, similar to how, you know, I wouldn't accuse the founder of being a big McDonald's commercial, but McDonald's is in literally every scene of that movie. Yeah, but there was also... So it depends on what kind of drama there is in this, you know? Yeah. 
because it it really from the trailer really doesn't seem like there's going to be any conflict inter you know it's it's like oh i got i got michael jordan i got the shoe deal wow the shoe deal's great what are we gonna call the drama comes in when they bring them to the sweatshops and they show them how how they're made and then they're like really with kids Okay, for, for free. <laughs> for free. Well, I mean, they could show. It depends on how much in the beginning they show, like how much the company's struggling. Yeah. Um, because the whole pitch here is that. Well, I'll read it right from the description. This movie, this moving story follows the career-defining gamble of an unconventional team with everything on the line. The uncompromising vision of a mother who knows the worth of her son's immense talent and the basketball phenom who could become the greatest of all time. Who would become the greatest of all time. My, So here's my... I'll put this out here for people to, to speculate on. Will they make the first shot of this movie like people standing in... Or the opening credits, people standing in like the lines and the, the rush, like the horde the ongoing horde that wants to get nike airs like because no that's end credits okay i think i think it's going to start with um like mj flying through the air and like finishing that i think it's going to start with a young michael jordan shooting hoops late at night in north carolina (laughs) and his dad's gonna come out and say you're still out here shooting son it's and just the, same. the exact same opening. It's just a. It just diverges. Yeah. Or, or I need new shoes. They use the same like footage from Space Jam. Um, yeah, this uh, movie looks crazy. Um, it looks very crazy in the very mundane sense, as in, uh, the cast is it wild. It gave me a little bit of like Wolf of Wall Street vibes. I so I was. I was taking a little bit of the um, whatever the Apple documentaries were, Steve or Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was probably one called. There's probably that's either one is probably a real thing. Well, there was two. I think one was called Jobs. That's the Ashton Kutcher one, I think. Yeah. Apple doc uh, docking station. No documentary documents. No. I'm fucking. See, you you gotta look up Steve movie. <laughs> That's a Minecraft film. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, 2015. Steve Jobs, the movie with Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, Seth Rogen, Jeff D- Daniels. Yeah, uh, Jeff Seth Daniels Rogen has done a, a lot of serious stuff. Seth yeah. Rogen was a really, really good um, was. Uh, there's like there's a ton of clips ripped from that of just okay. like it was solid performing. Like Fastbender and and Seth Rogen were like, oh shit, okay. It's kind of like Jonah Hill and Moneyball, you know, just completely different to everything he'd ever done before. Yeah, or Jonah Hill and <laughs> I can't. Almost, almost there, Jonah. Be a little bit less awkward. <laughs> I, I I typed in what movie was Jonah Hill in, and it autocorrected to me what movie was Jonah Hill gin. Um, and no, he does not have a gin. It's just just sent me to War Dogs. That's the one they want me to know. 
There's a lot of actors out there that have alcohols. Yes. Yeah. We've the popular. We've taken a a browsal, a a brusal over them. They got pretty much all your bases covered. You know, you got uh, vodka. You know, uh, Jay Z or uh, P Diddy rather Mm -hmm. has Ciroc, and you got uh, Twenty One Crimes. Right. The Rock's tequila. Yep. Um, Snoop has tequila. I have yeah, uh, aviation has a red gin. Wine. Um, <laughs> I have Reynolds gin. I have aviator. There's the Breaking Bad tequila. Oh shit! That's right. I remember they were doing like six signings of it. Um, I guess proper. Uh, well, he's not an actor. Conor is not an actor, but I'm sure there's some actor that owns a whiskey. <laughs> um, who was it? Uh, not Ben. Not Ben Stiller. Um. Ben Affleck, I think, has a tequila as well as uh, Kim Kardashian. Or Some of these people having fucking tequilas. Tequila is a popular one. Well, they're right near California, so they go to like the agave farms. That's been the big controversy is that they buy up all the agave from all the tiny Mexican farmers. Mm. They say, "Oh no, let's see my agave." Well, take um, no. Here you go. Okay, Matthew McConaughey has wild turkey. That's that's. Oh, that's his. Uh, Wait, or at least long? the Long Branch. Like sub brand or whatever. Um, Bob Dylan as Heaven's Door straight bourbon whiskey. <laughs> you can get the Bob Dylan, uh, Bob Dylan whiskey. Conor McGregor obviously with the uh, proper, proper number, number 12. twelve, which is eh, and oh, very shit. expensive. Nick Nick Offerman kind of sponsored or signed on for a leg uh, Lagavulin. Lagavulin, yeah, Chardo. Yeah, I'm wondering log how many fl- log these... flume uh, chardo cask. So I guess there's like the, his signature. I'm curious how many of these Ugh, um, people have. Oh, sorry, not uh, Ben Affleck. It was a, it was George Clooney, who was the Casamigos. Wasn't yeah, Ben Affleck doesn't strike me as a tequila drinker. He sh- he should have something though. Uh, I. Well, I'm wondering how many people uh, like sign on as like an ambassador, or like some of these have actually like started up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh no! All right. What do you, I'll give you bets. John Cena has sponsored a um, an alcohol. What what kind of alcohol do you think it is? You won't guess it. And it's not it's not Baijiu. It. I was about to say it's probably something Chinese. Um, Uzo. Nope. Unicum. No. I'm I'm naming all the obscure ones I know because you said I wouldn't guess it. Um It's more mundane than you'd think, but Saki. Nope. Kentucky bourbon. Nope. Alright. Um Aperol. Can canned old fashioned. Premixed canned old fashioned. I feel like that's a cheat because we we didn't we weren't how are we gonna that that's why I said like you never like why okay. and why would a celebrity sponsor like fucking canned cocktails yeah well celebrity might be stretching the term <laughs> that's downgraded him um all right next trailer next trailer Oh yeah, air. Um, uh, strays, she, strays, strays. They dogs that swear. Uh, I don't know. It's the funny talking dog movie, but this they say it swears. Is 
This movie looks terrible. Yeah, it looks fucking god awful. They got big names to voice uh, dogs, and they do the whole animated voice. Um, when they're doing the talking, it looks so bad. And like every scene of this is these talks. I don't know if they're animated or just like poorly green screened into the environment. Could be both. There's um, one fucking. But bit none of that these shots me. look real. <laughs> There's one bit that got me, and I'm mad. And it's when they eat the mushrooms at the very end of the trailer, and the one big dog turns into a fucking sock puppet. It 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 I got my goat. That that's it for me. I could see why you'd be mad at that, because that's the that's the whenever a movie needs to like get quick quick edgy heat. They have their characters do drugs, and they do a drug sequence. Um, yeah, you know what's going to be like animated. Oh, this, I, you know what, I would have. This premise doesn't necessarily suck. I would have done it as like Air Bud, but like a gritty sports drama. But it's Air Bud. Like I want to see like Labrador Retriever getting like steroid injections and using PEDs. <laughs> like they do the cat the cat gets into too much catnip and has like a they go on like a, a bender and they have to they spend the weekend in vet lock in county veterinary <laughs> it's like a scandal that's all over the papers well there was a scene in here where they locked him up in a jail cell and i'm like Shut yeah up. i don't know who in the boardroom like this is a weird movie because Hollywood is very risk averse these days. They wanna they want sure money making things. So how is it that someone walked into a boardroom and said, I got it. Homeward bound meets look who's talking, but R rated. Yeah. <laughs> and even this- as Will Ferrell, like what if you just did semi pro but with Air Bud? <laughs> and it, you, you, Will Ferrell's right there. Will Ferrell and World Forte. Both this the has worlds. to be a uh, like a, a tax write-off mm-hmm. for losing money. I don't see how it's not. Is this Netflix? Mm, I don't think so. Let me scrub. Um. No. Also, who is this for? Because it's a very like kind of kitty. With the I premise. guess there are people who are just really into like Homeward Bound, and well, who's this like this like resonates with? There are, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like a lot of people, it's not uncommon to have liked Homeward Bound or the Beethoven movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. They're VHS VHS collection staples, and yeah, it's um, there are there are people, sick people who want to see now that they're adults like a, what they perceive to be adult versions of things they liked as kids but their perception of what makes it adult is not like you know complicated stories and characters or or like you know morally ambiguous situations their idea of what makes it adult is extremely crude humor well yeah it's like it's like the Velma thing where they took the IP of the Scooby Doo that everybody loves and um, you know made it 
fucking crude and shitty and everybody's a shitty person and nobody likes it. Imagine <laughs> that. It's not, not a good show. I'm looking at these these comments and these ones are we are we are dealing with some some night you can count the IQ on your hands. Some sycophants. Um like I find yeah, I swear this is gonna be the this is going to be the funniest rated R comedy film I've watched since Ted movies since at first it looks like kids film until they show it that R rated in the beginning of the trailer, which felt unexpected, but deep down you know it's going to be a damn good movie. I know this is a comedy, but halfway through the trailer I just want a ball. There was a time in my life where I I could get excited and enjoyed shit <laughs> like that. It must be nice to be able to permanently live like that. Right? Oh, somebody said this is Ron Burgundy's dog and the owner is not Ron Burgundy. Well, I think I think I actually read that comment and I believe what they were trying to say is that Will the dog Will Ferrell voices is the same breed as yeah. Baxter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or they're somehow going to tie this into a Ron Burgundy movie. Maybe this is where Baxter was before he went oh to San Diego. Anchorman three. And anchor, yeah, and then they're going to set up a. Ooh, if we can, if they can get Alex Jones oil. on for Anchorman three, I mean, that that'll be what they need to do. That would actually be lit. Like they, like even cable news isn't doing it anymore, so they have to. Yeah, it's Ron Burgundy in the digital age, but they like don't make up Will Ferrell to look any younger because Ron Burgundy should be like ninety years old in twenty twenty. Absolutely, and he has to he has to do work for one of these like super like out there fringe political um, news sites, and. You're saying that a pedophile ring under a pizza parlor? Are you sure about that? <laughs> I've eaten and pizza drink before. The blood of babies? As, as far as I know, it's just a cheesy Italian treat. Oh, you know what? You know what the movie is? It's 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 Ron Burgundy as an Alex Jones type, but instead of being like really cynical and like mean spirited and manipulative, he's just like really oblivious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I'm seeing it now. It's it's perfect. Hey, Will, call us up. <laughs> Anchorman three, baby. <laughs> this is you're here for the knowledge brawl. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's good. Yeah, hmm. like he just sees I... things that are weird in his everyday life. He's talking about it. <laughs> it slowly turns into like conspir like crazy conspiracies. <laughs> he's unwittingly being like really racist towards certain groups <laughs> causing an uproar what no yes a, it would work perfectly with... for his character i mean back in the 70s that's what we called them chinamen <laughs> <laughs> i did feel threatened for my life when those those youths came up and and jumped me i did not want girl scout cookies Apparently, you can order Girl Scout cookies online. Of course, uh, you can. Yeah. It's they've learned. It's a cookie company. It's not destroyed. <laughs> I know. I guess I gotta order. I need to order some Samoas. Does not provide enrichment for the young women in it. <laughs> nope. Much not gonna. 
not gonna lie, I feel like I feel like Girl Scout cookies are kind of losing their edge. I've never been the biggest like Thin Mint fan, and fucking Thin Mints. First of all, they pack so many of those goddamn cookies in there because people would riot if you ever decrease the amount of Thin Mints in a box. But then you get delicious, better cookies like the Tagalongs or whatever the peanut butter cups are, and they put like fifteen in there. And make you feel terrible for finishing a box in one sitting. I'm Jake, not about that life. It's still 15 cookies. <laughs> not about that life. I agree. I agree. They do not give you enough of uh, any of them, really. Well, just like the only her. one I like is Tagalongs because fuck Thin Mints. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fuck Thin Mint line. What if you, you, what if you put frosting between two Thin Mints? <laughs> what like, flavor is the frosting, you, Peter? If you guys at home can maybe tell that I were kind of craving a certain type of snack. I've got I've got Oreos on Instacart. <laughs> I'm my mouse is hovering over the checkout button. Hey Jake, I'm gonna blow your fucking mind, and this will be it's the last Oreo they'll ever make because no one will survive. <laughs> but you take two Oreo cookies and. Instead of the stuffing, it's Biscoff cookie butter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. must so have Biscoff a, Oreos. Yeah, Let's they have, that gonna, has to exist. You're just gonna sit there like a fucking Goomba and tell that to me, and not expect me to jump out of my seat and go to the grocery store, huh? Yeah. Oh no, this is they don't have it. They have like Lotus sandwich cookies, but that's not a. It's not Biscoff Oreo. Biscoff Oreo. I, surely. Surely it must exist. I mean, they have the cookie spread. They're like there. They're like, it's right right in front of them. If it doesn't they have, exist, they have it's Nutella Oreos. They if have it Nutella Oreos. doesn't exist, it's it's got to be. The only reason I can think of where it would not exist is that Biscoff won't license their yeah. spread to Nabisco. Well, you know, Biscoff is a, uh, they're, uh, you know, a reputable brand. They British. don't want to. They're British, sully so maybe they image. should make Biscoff Hydrox. But they do, yeah, Lotus does make a Biscoff, <laughs> what essentially is an Oreo, but with Biscoff cookies. Yeah. And they have one that is Biscoff on Biscoff. <laughs> Biscoff. Alrighty, what's our next trailer? Our next trailer is White Man like, Can't Jump. Oh, I, we could. So I know we could talk about Pink another uh, reboot. An, yeah, another weird reboot. Like, you know, House Party is another movie from this era that got a random reboot, and we're just—it's uh, just that time. We're we're coming in on thirty. That means we, are, uh, the media is now pandering to our nostalgia. The age of the nineties, like, you know, revival is here. In the two thousands, it was seventies. In the twenty tens, it was the eighties, and now it's gonna be the nineties. Yeah, prepare your asshole. The general yeah, consensus yeah. on this was that uh, this didn't need to be remade. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think there was anybody clamoring for this. Um, Judging from the comments, absolutely no one wanted this, and the like to dislike ratio, which is four sixty five, up to two point eight thousand down. Yeah. Um, oh for a forty second trailer that honestly didn't like show anything, show anything, or look egregiously bad. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It really doesn't look that bad, but like I guess yeah. Maybe we should watch White. I've never seen White Men Can't Jump. Neither have I. Yeah. So maybe it's like maybe it's a fucking classic. Who knows? Just no like, one can tell. There's, there's no one impossible on to know. Just like, just like Paint is a classic. Like we've been using it mm-hmm. for so long. The medium. And now you it's mean? finally getting. <laughs> it's it, no, just Paint. We've been using Paint for like a long time, and now it's getting a movie about it. Everyone's like, you know, it's been around. Yeah. Welcome to the art cinematic universe. Paint is a weird movie, um, and that it's. I think it's trying to be artistic, and it stars mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, which usually means Wes Anderson. That's but what it's I was thinking. Not like, Wes Anderson. I think he started. He's just started doing scenes for the movie, and then he's like, "Hey, where?" Like he's he went. He wanted to go and get a beer with Wes after the shoot. For the day, he's like, "Wait, where's Wes? Where, where's Wes? Wes isn't so the director on, of this. I'm sorry, wow. Aaron, he's he's not on this. He's not on the movie. Wow. So it's obviously a plan, Bob Ross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did Bob Ross have a thing about like? Was he like a lady pussy man? magnet? I don't. I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I think that's the comedy of this. Is like, I think he's a pretty devout Christian. Yeah, he's a pretty chill kind of dude. Because um, what it seems like is that they, they took like one aspect of like Bob Ross being like beloved by everybody, and kind of making a movie out of just that premise, because the rest of it seems really thin. Um, I kind of wish I well, it's kind of wish it was like more of a biopic. You know I, what I this was, movie? Well, I think it might kind of end up being with. I mean, it reminded me a lot of Walk Hard. Yeah. Which is kind of like a, a caricature parody of a, a well recognizable figure, and then mm-hmm. like a, a biopic or a serious life drama or like about a, them. Kind of like yeah, like a genre parody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's odd. Um, this kind of, this also kind of reminds me of Anchorman in that it's the the character who was very popular in the seventies doing. A classic '70s thing is now being challenged by by a female who's going to upset the status quo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very, very Anchorman-y of him. Uh, it's he's not Bob Ross. I don't. I don't think did they name him. I don't remember. Yes, but his, his name is definitely is explicitly not Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah. but he does every other thing. You know, painting the nature yeah. scenes has oh. an afro. He's Carl Nargle. I mean, maybe Ross was a bit of a ladies' man. Ross was married three times and had two children. Shalty fathered from a relationship he had as a teenager and a son, Robert Stephen, Steve Ross, with his first wife, Vivian Ridge. Steve, also a talented painter, occasionally appeared on The Joy of Painting. Yes, I've seen his episodes. They are not as good. (laughs) So, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe Ross did have a little bit of that dog in him. Got that dog. Oh. Those are 
Those are my guilty pleasure That's memes. That's probably the only time that has been said about Bob Ross. <laughs> I want I want somebody to superimpose a little dog in the chest of Bob Ross. And with the caption, he's got that dog. You've got that dog in him, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, if we're going with, like, if we're going to continue down this road of, like, biopics about public public TV uh, figures and entertainers, I, you know, it's a deep cut, but I want him to make the Jack Horkheimer uh, biopic. Make the Star Hustlers movie. I dare you. When's the Svengoolie movie? That's true. That that needs to happen. I mean, they already made Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the movie. Yes. That During was, the show's that, run, that was a while back, yeah. Which was <laughs> functionally the same thing as a regular episode. <laughs> it's just a- save. There's one scene where they're actually walking through the doors in the hallway because they had more money. <laughs> that was the like that was the budget for the movie. Was we could we could afford an extra set, <laughs> so good. Um, all right, so there was only like four trailers. Yeah. Oh well, there's this one. Oh, oh yeah, Luther. So, a very old Idris Elba TV show is getting a direct Netflix movie. I'm sure this will be great. Oh, is that what it originally was? Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's. I think like, that's like just... when he broke into the mainstream was with luther okay yeah because i because i saw it in like the caption idris elba returns and i'm like 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 the jedi returns yeah um was the character of luther i've never that seen compelling he doesn't it doesn't like in this trailer i guess it's it's banking on you it really is banking on you knowing who he is because i don't know who he is and it's not like super intriguing to me Uh, the show's pretty well reviewed it's got an 8.4 out of 10 on imdb okay it ran for nine years 2010 2019 jesus i don't know maybe 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 we'll watch watch a little luther i mean it's got andy circus in it at least in this movie uh, good. DCI John Luther is a near genius murder detective whose brilliant mind can't always save him from the dangerous violence of his passions. From BBC America. The BBC. The the big. I don't get. The, I don't get that channel. I don't watch those kind of videos. I wasn't allowed to as a kid, so I just stay away from it. Yeah, and that's trailers. That's all the trailers we have on Trailwatch. And now we're going to talk about how they're doing in the follow-up box office. all about it. Yep, here we go. For the weekend of February 3rd through the 5th, 2023, uh, we have a new number one. And a new number two. To the, the dismay of all. Uh, a knock knock at the cabin. Leading the charge here with a a pretty paltry, to be honest, fourteen million fourteen point one million dollars. 
not promising. Um, we would spotlight it, but um, we'll save that for a little later. It's yeah, a little bit more of a respectable movie than uh, the number two here. So appropriately, the movie about Tom Brady is number two. Just like Bono. Because he's shit. Um, (laughs) 80 for Brady opened in second. It beat out Avatar. (laughs) I know Avatar has been out for eight weeks and is not a very good movie. But it's 80 for Brady. (laughs) This It feels like an Adam Sandler, like, scam vehicle, you know? (laughs) But without Adam Sandler in it. I... So I have the um, I have the premonition, I have the theory. I don't think this is gonna drop at all. I think it's gonna go up to number one. It might actually make more money next week, um, because because of the Super Bowl. All of the old little old ladies are gonna go watch this. Yes, that we so spoilers. This is our highlight, our spotlight for this week, and for just an overview of the reviews. Um, yes, this, the reviews are populated very much by like old ladies who are just, just titillated at the, the prospect of, um, the sparkling charisma of Tom Brady. Well, I know for a fact, um, Kristen is bringing her oldies. Uh, I don't know if she's actually bringing them, but, uh, they're going tomorrow. So they're going to have a little outing to go see 80 for Brady. And I think, uh, I think they'll have a. So you know, I'm not surprised that the reviews for this movie are the way they are. Um, You got to figure there's a lot of Patriots fans in there, and everyone knows that Patriots fans are mentally deranged. I actually think Patriots fandom is recognized in the DSM five as a uh, mental illness, for which sadly there does not appear to be a cure. Entirely fatal. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it's led to some interesting results, let's say. And yes. why don't we get to the bottom of just what the fuck this movie is as we 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 supple on the teat of wisdom. Having having <laughs> Patriots fans comorbid with IMDB user reviewers, that's like something straight out of Jurassic Park. That like, is like nature finds a way. That's a a movie super virus. Like that's the shit from Twenty Eight Days Later. <laughs> yeah. I want someone to Photoshop in, but they're all just wearing Pats jerseys. <laughs> Those are the running zombies <laughs> because their quarterback can't pass. Uh, from Fr. John Shalinor. Uh, 10 out of 10 review for 80 for Brady. So uplifting. <laughs> this movie come out at exactly the right time. Using Super Bowl and one of most accomplished sports heroes, Tom Brady. <laughs> I was feeling so down and this movie lifted me right up. When lemons fall from the tree, one makes lemonade. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's all cats. <laughs> Lemonade. Lemonade. <laughs> you go, girls. The darn app wants me to write 600 characters. 
Yes. <laughs> so we saw the movie at Paragon Ridge Theaters with full liquor bar and reclining chairs and a privacy wall between us and the next guest. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's actually pretty baller. I loved it. <laughs> fucking, I would watch Four it exclamation if it came with a fucking full service bar and privacy screens. <laughs> yeah, if I get drunk and jack off during it. <laughs> oh, man, I... Beating his meat to Jane Fonda like it's the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <clears throat> the m- so, I think this. I, I, I wasn't viewer. done yet. There's oh, more. Shit. Oh, wait, what? There's he more. Going. Oh shit! I thought you already. The said manager the, uh, went out oh. of his way to make our drinks, which was first time ever happening a cocktail or having a cocktail while watching a movie. What a fantastic experience! Two out of three found that helpful. I'm somehow. so glad they're they're stepping out of their comfort zone. Well, hey, I mean, I think we can relate. We had drinks at uh, the Doctor Strange movie in that wonderful Columbus theater. I don't think there were. It uh, wasn't a full bar, and uh, no one mixed anything for us. They just brought us a can of Red Apple Arrow, a tall boy of Red Apple Arrow, because that was the special that day. With a a basket basket of coconut. It was not a bad amount of booze for the money. Yeah, no, I'm sir. not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain. I do. I, um, maybe I'm craving one right now. The Reds. Yeah. Got got one in the old friggy. I should get. I should get them. I get go go down to the gas station and get a couple of tall boys. I have some room well, temperature Yingling in my laundry room. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be delicious. We could probably dub you over if you want to run out real quick. <laughs> Grab a pack of Stubbies. <laughs> Some I think uh, I think we ha- I have the new Nvidia broadcaster thing that has the eye contact. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I want to try that. There's like constant looking at the camera. It is god. alarming. <laughs> I mm. don't like it. <laughs> that is interesting. I'm gonna, I want to try that later. Unbreaking, unyielding eye contact, <laughs> like you're the fucking Terminator. Remember that news reporter who like had the bug eyes and just never blinked. <laughs> Do you no. remember that? Place? Actually, oh your eyes God. do shift occasionally. Like, they try to make it seem more human, which makes it seem less human as a result. Hello, fellow humans. I bring you the news that happened today on planet Earth. Um, so, C.F. Duffy has, I think, uh, is, is uh, pitching a different movie because, goddamn, is this review a journey. One out of ten, unwatchable. I haven't been to a movie theater since pre-pandemic. I was looking forward to seeing this movie. From start to finish, it was hard to watch. I cringed at the overacting and lack of rapport between actors. The best actor in the movie was probably Tom Brady, with Guy Fiore coming in at... Guy Fiore. That's Fiore. I, for- <laughs> I forgot Guy Fiore was in this. I-, <laughs> I read this before too. I didn't realize. Four old ladies go to Flavortown. <laughs> That's a Guy different Fiore. kind of movie. Give him an Emmy. Give him an EGOT for this Isn't entire that, thing. Was that that? Was it the Bronco sauce or whatever? 
What's what's like his what <laughs> guy? This Why do you think sauce. I would know what Guy Theory sauce? It's his donkey is. sauce. This it's gonna, his, <laughs> it's the name. It's his donkey sauce. I like Bronco sauce better because this movie's this review is gonna make me fucking Bronco sauce. <laughs> um, with Guy Fiore coming in at a close second. Uh, neither of he points out neither of them actors. The movie did have a nice premise, and I was rooting for it to get better. It never happened. Being a lifelong Patriots fan as well as a Tom Brady fan, it's hard to believe that Tom Brady, as the producer, actually watched this movie from start to finish and let it be put on to the general public with his name attached to it. Honestly, I can't think of a of a movie I have ever seen in my life that comes remotely close to being this bad. To make matters worse, I live in Philadelphia. And and end a review right there. That should be it. Should be an end of review. He's a Philly Philly guy going to Brady movie. What the fuck? Yeah, a Philly guy who is a Patriots fan. That Super Bowl is going to be fun for him. That seems illegal. Yeah. Get the uh, get the the time bobbies after him. <laughs> the time bobbies. They come out of the fucking um, movie screen. <laughs> We were fucking talking about Yellow Crystal Fantasy. It it's getting us. It has a second season. Oh no! They put out a second Wait, season. Out, out now? Or yeah, it's on out? Hulu. Wait, wasn't there already two seasons of that? No, no, no. It just no, felt mate. like two uh, fucking seasons. Season two is on. It's on. It's on. It's definitely not on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Jay. So he lives in Philadelphia, and I dragged my wife with me. I could feel her cold daggers looking at me throughout the whole movie. This one cost me a very expensive dinner. Save your money and take her to Chili's. Zero stars. <laughs> Zero out of two for that helpful. I, I actually fucking love that. That, I, that sells that whole thing to I, me. I, you know what would just make me fucking flip my lid? If that is like... A social media guy for Chili's. <laughs> like, that's the avant-garde advertising he's pitching to his bosses. <laughs> if it is, it's working. Because, like, if I think I would know everything I need to know about this movie if I walked up to someone and they said, yeah, I watched it, but I would rather have compromised with my wife and eaten at Chili's. Saved my money and ate at Chili's. I just needed to take her to Chili's instead. <laughs> Would have been better off a saving. Your... Or... I don't know. I, I this is like going to cost but... me an expensive dinner if I had just taken her to Chili's. She would have gone off my dick about say, it. Isn't Chili's? Isn't Chili's the the upper scale of the? No. That's that's the upper scale. Oh, true facts. Yeah, sorry. It's Chili's is one step up from Applebee's. I yeah. no, I would say Applebee's at least tries to present itself as being fancier than Chili's. I have yes, a bad, but... um, I have bad blood with Applebee's. I think I, I think it, right it's like Fridays is the the least serious, and then yeah. and then slightly above that, you have uh, Chili's, and then a little bit above that, you have Applebee's, 
And I think Red Lobster is kind of on if the same level as Applebee's. Maybe, but I don't. I can't. I can't advocate for Applebee's food. I I'm I have a, I have an issue. It's really with not the, I, You know what? I don't hate Applebee's food, and it's not great. But you know, two for twenty. That's that's a good deal. You know what, Kurt? So they. I have a gift card for Applebee's. I will <laughs> absolutely give it to you. All right, fine. I'm sure. Not, I'm not going to go as a single man to Applebee's for dinner. I've, I've done that before. It's a bad time. <laughs> I'll go and but get a, in my get defense, I only did it because the power was out in my apartment and I had an electric stove. So I was hungry and it was dark in my apartment. So I was like, you know what? I'll go to Applebee's. I'll sit at the bar. I'll have a drink. I'll flirt with a waitress and I'll go home. <laughs> it's a perfect night. Um, they have they have out there like unlimited boneless wings thing now, and uh, and they have like rules behind it which irked me. Of course they um, have rules, Jake. And well, just like rules behind like they have like warnings or like I just want to let you know like it's not gonna look the same when you get your second plate full of them, and I'm like, excuse me, um, I don't care. I just want the wings. I don't need fries. But like, so I finished my first round. She didn't come back for 30 fucking minutes to like order. And then like she disappeared for the entirety of the night. And I'm like, well, I'm full. I can't have any more. It's not really unlimited. It's just like I get an extra big, large, like boneless so wings thing. They don't thing. place a limit on it, but that doesn't mean they have to serve you. <laughs> yeah, they don't. You that's a thing. The... They don't place a limit, but they just don't come to take your order ever. By the end of the heat death of the universe, they will serve you unlimited, <laughs> unlimited wings. Yeah. Um, so, I, my bones. That's actually, you know, what, you a, a slightly genius way to like offer that deal, but not actually lose your head on <laughs> chicken wings. I think it's. I think it's the only way they can make money. <laughs> it has to be that, like, like chicken wings are so expensive still. Because, you know, all the yeah. birds are dying of the fucking flu. All the birds died in 1980. Because our fucking industrial chicken system is really good for getting a lot of chickens, but it's not so good for, like, warding off disease. Yeah. Concentrated uh, chicken chicken cooperies. All right. I. Oh, no, I, I adore these. Let's keep going. <laughs> Just stay on the tangent. <laughs> no, I heard the other night uh, Taylor Swift's fans um, regulated the price of eggs, so we don't have to worry about it. The Swifties came in clutch. So, you know what? I would, I would buy, I'd buy her her latest album if she brought the price of eggs back down under a dollar. The eggers gonna egg, 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 egg. There was a time in my life, not that long ago, where I could get a dozen eggs for like. 74 cents and now it's like six dollars luxury goods all it's right like luxury proceed <laughs> um from n james gentry <laughs> um four out of ten cute cute movie but boring at times while I absolutely love the cast, I'm not a sports fan. The characters only watch and discuss football, so I zoned out a few times. 
Sally Field will stand out in this film. She's smart and quirky and has very funny dialogue. It's a cute movie, but it would have been better as a Netflix comedy. It does some have some emotional depth as well. L- Lily Tomlin delivers a wonderful speech about how she came to admire Tom Brady, which will make you tear up. It's not just about sports. It's, it's about friendships and how far, <laughs> how far it'll go for the Wait, people you the guy from love. Vertigo now? <laughs> what? Are you the guy from Vertigo now? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, watching these incredible actors together will put a smile on your face. <laughs> Seven out of fourteen. You sound like the fucking the fake Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Where every mathematical equation's nineteen. You sound like the dad from that. <laughs> I was who's the guy who plays? Which is a um, very specific cut, but one that you appreciate. <laughs> I know very well. <laughs> Who's the guy who plays um, Barney in Barney Fife in um, Don Knotts? Don Knotts, yeah. I think I was trying to channel the spirit of Don Ch- Knotts. Channeling that. Don Knotts. Um, <laughs> from Stanley Cup Bruins. I wonder what state he lives in. <laughs> hmm. It's a feel-good movie for Patriots football fans and those that enjoy comedies. Outstanding movie, and it really hit home since Tom Brady retired for the second time. Each of the actresses did a great job, which includes Jane Fonda. I felt like I was at the Super Bowl. 80 for Brady (laughs) may be the Top Gun maverick of 2023 even if you aren't a brady slash patriot fan you'll like this movie if you have an interest in football (laughs) yes gronk is in it too great soundtrack from dolly parton (laughs) belinda carlisle cindy lopper gloria estefan (laughs) and (laughs) debbie harry not only is Tom Brady an outstanding football play, but he's also a great, likable actor, too. Recommend, recommend, see it with loved ones. Peace and love, go Pats. <laughs> <laughs> I added that last part. <laughs> 21 out of 52. It wouldn't that surprise me at all. <laughs> I, 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 I realized halfway through doing that that I haven't quite repaired the walls between my Boston and like Jewish Brooklynite accents. <laughs> so certain words that I'm more keyed into with the Boston accent, I was able to keep going with, but there were other, there was a little, bleed. there were other things that were fled over <laughs> a little cultural diffusion there. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with a little bleed, you know, mm-hmm. it's all salad. Uh, three out of 10. I had to move up to the threes. Very slow start. Vodenix Now I'm a Sally Field fan And was expecting a fun comedy To enjoy (laughs) on a Saturday afternoon You're going straight Jewish grandma (laughs) During the first 20 minutes of the movie And felt as though I didn't miss anything of importance 
which was confirmed by others in my group. It's full of unnecessary cameos and cringeworthy uh, attempted comedy, which will occasionally make you chuckle. With with M with M all oh with M fucking dumb idiot. <laughs> it's an N, not an M. With M all star cast of Hollywood female lead. lead. <laughs> <laughs> he got you good. Why is there? Because an e it was in si- that? well, you were calling him. <laughs> wait, wait, no, never mind. I didn't get you good. <laughs> He's stripping you up. With no regrets, with am, not even a single letter. <laughs> with am all star cast. I don't even know what accent I'm doing. I started with something different. With am all star cast of Hollywood female lead legacy peeding the way. I suppose I made the mistake of expecting far more. But it's a Sorry, but it's a safe that? date night. I. You heard right. Female lead day legacy peeding the way. <laughs> but, but, but it's a save date, not comedy, and doesn't need your full attention to be enjoyed. Definitely not worth theater prices to enjoy, so save your money. Order a pizza and stream on. Go to Chili's. Would it change the calculus if uh, the interior... Or crocodile and alligator, and you were able to drive a Chevrolet to said movie theater. Might it might it might change things? You might not order a pizza. You might order. Maybe you'll. Maybe you won't stream on. You will still order a pizza and eat it in your crocodile interior. (laughs) I I like that was the softest one out of ten review I think you've ever given, Jake. Like it's was... a three out of ten. Oh, okay, that, that, <laughs> that, that would explain sense. it. <laughs> yeah, it was. There's, there's only one one out of ten. Gotcha. But even so, for a three out of ten, that felt yeah, very generous. There, there wasn't. It was like it was. I it almost felt. It okay. almost was like the offer felt bad for the movie. <laughs> yeah. It was like, nah, nah. It's okay. You have value. You, you're worth something. I fell asleep, but it's okay. <laughs> you might want to go see it on a date night. All right. And then finally, um, from, I think the name is B. Briboso, but I like to think of it as B.B. Reboso. <laughs> um, six out of ten. Just watch the trailer. See, now this person knows. They know what they're on about. Um, this man watches Saturn like Studs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you've... If you've seen the trailer, don't bother seeing the movie. All the best moments in the movie are strung together in the trailer. The four stars, the four stars are great. How could they not be? But the plot is just a series of loosely connected and poorly be? set up situations that the various actresses stumble into. The repeated appearance of two two amazingly unfunny disc jockeys slowed things down considerably. If he puts his mind to it, Tom Brady can do anything. So I'm sure he'll be a great actor in about 10 or 20 years if that's what he wants to dedicate himself to. But giving him an emotional soliloquy at the end of this movie (laughs) that would have been challenging even to an experienced actor was beyond Brady's current acting limitations. 
very improbable plot, which I suppose I should have expected, except that they've repeatedly emphasized that this movie is based on a true story. Yeah, maybe like The uh, Wizard of Oz is based on my recent flight from Cleveland to San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd welcome another movie by these four extremely talented and engaging actresses but one that very talented writers, producers, and directors have given some thought to. Oh, and if you absolutely insist on going to see this movie, don't watch the trailer. It's worse when you've already seen all the best jokes. One out of three. You hear that, Tom Brady? Ten or twenty years? You can maybe, you could be, maybe you could be a good actor. I I don't think that's going to be what he's doing. He has a a ten-year deal to be a analyst on I think Fox and he's going to make you understand nothing is impossible through Brady he's going he sets his mind to through Brady all things are possible so why don't you go ahead and write that down <laughs> Tom Brady oh. could totally do that yeah <laughs> uh, go Sadie for Brady so you know park the car or I'm sorry Pack the cod, have it yad, and uh, stay Get away. yourself a mouthful of Guy Fieri's donkey sauce. Just in, just enjoy. I don't um, want anything called Guy Fieri's donkey sauce, just on principle. <laughs> and yet, there it is. I remember when we looked at his um, the menu for his New York restaurant. <laughs> and uh, it was... Uh... I don't remember what the thing about it was, but it, there was a thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great radio. Great I've got a way with words. <laughs> should totally do a podcast. Trash can nachos. <laughs> Lobster lollipops. Oh, God. Mor- Morgan's Creek's out? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's you know, it's that kind of shit. And they, they put all the crazy-ass um, descriptions in there. But anyways... We don't want to talk about any this overblown, over-described, mediocre stuff. We want to talk about Avatar: The Way of Water. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to check in with the King. How you doing, King? Sitting at number three. number three, eleven point three million down, another thirty percent. Uh, and it's eighth me? week. Uh, two point one seven eight million. So it's it's probably going to hit two point two million. It's it's billion. having or billion. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's like, it's having a nice, nice little run here, but I don't think it's going to get much higher than two point two. It definitely seems to be slowing way down at uh, internationally, and movie theaters I think are going to be more motivated to get this movie out of there because of the runtime to run another like movie like that will movies. be popular. But yeah. they can I mean, get fifty percent more showings out of you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, like, calc- what a calculated like run out. They needed two billion, and they got like just just about exactly two billion. Well, they're gonna make a tidy two hundred million dollar profit on it. Mm-hmm. I I still don't understand how it how it's taking this, how it took that much money uh well uh visual effects aren't cheap every shot in this movie James has very visual effects especially are not cheap 
Unless there they was like had a lot to, of like, money put into R&D. They had to, yeah, like they had to invent several technologies to... All if, the underwater CG rigging. Yeah. If they're accounting for that, then I guess it makes sense, but it's like... Um, the tooling costs that, that alone were astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, hey, they, they may be also thinking of this as like an investment for the the rest of the franchise where I mean, okay yeah we put out a fuck ton on this one and then they're not gonna have to put out the tooling again on the next stuff where they can repurpose a lot well more i mean that's like i think that's kind of why we always were talking about this two billion mark which was um for them it was their break even or continue working point so like that's their where they oh, mark their R- yeah. roi as being sufficient enough to um reinvest in their next uh series yeah, I I don't yeah. know. So like, I know he said it. James Cameron said it in an interview, but you know, people sometimes like misspeak or like don't necessarily uh, literally mean what they say. You know, like mm-hmm. two billion could have been what they told him. If you if you hit that, we'll make the other ones, and so he assumed that's what profitability was. Um, yeah. or it could have been like, <laughs> I got reamed out by <laughs> accounts payable at Disney Corporation because I spent $2 billion <laughs> making this movie yeah. <laughs> and advertising it. it. It just seems like it's such a massive jump. Like you wouldn't, like we, we saw the budget of like, um, the both, both the Avengers movies where it was a total combined like billion dollars. And this one movie was two billion. The f- th- that's just so kind of out there that it's like, okay, you got you to think of there. Maybe that's something else. Like, but I could see cause... where this movie would be that much more expensive than an Avengers movie to make. Like, I, I'm not calling Avengers a light yeah. effects movie by any means, but literally every shot in this movie has heavy visual effects, and they released several high frame rate versions of this movie. And even if so, if you're producing a movie at 48 frames per second, and it's the same runtime, that means you're rendering twice as many frames. And the people who do that <laughs> make money. <laughs> so it's it. yeah, it's just it, it is kind of weird because but whenever you look up the Avatar two budget, it's always like 350 million or something like that, or or whatever whatever that the the amount that comes up. Um, it, the the two billion dollar mark was the interview thing that J- James Cameron had, yeah. um, which 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 might which leads me to think that maybe this is more the R and D cost that like you uh, not Universal, is it, Disney uh, twenty that twentieth century Disney and and all them had to put into developing a lot of the technology that they're gonna get use out of it later, and they probably had plans on developing something like this. And Avatar Two is a good way to like a good vehicle to test a lot of this stuff out. So you know maybe we're gonna see the next I don't know Puss in Boots be um, using the Avatar Two technology. You know some mocap on on a. We're, so we're just gonna Banderas. do cats with Puss in Boots. Yeah. Now Powerful. hear me out. So the two hundred fifty million dollar budget is like. Production costs. Mm-hmm. But you got to figure there's a lot of advertisement. 
Mm-hmm. That's expensive. You can spend a lot of money sure. on advertisement. Um, yeah, but sure. Even if you, but even if you like double it, or even triple it, you're not. You're still not. Yeah, done. I'm sure there's other costs are. associated um, to like. I don't know. They move money around. They could have. They could have for sure. Like yeah. I, I do. I think the total money put in by Disney in the birthing of Avatar 2 was $2 billion? Probably not. But, um... Yeah. It, it's also hard with these movies when they do, like, the they shoot them both at the same time. Because you're definitely saving money at, at a certain point yeah. mm-hmm. by shooting them a little bit, uh, you know, combined and, and doing, like, all the post stuff later. So... It's hard. It's hard to get a solid count. On and something. Hollywood accounting is notoriously uh, fishy. Let's say. Yeah. Like uh, Return of the Jedi still hasn't turned a profit. <laughs> Awkward. Technically. But what did turn a profit is uh... is coming in at number four. This BTS yet to come in <laughs> cinemas. Uh... Is that? Is that like their their uh, dating status? They're like yet to come. Yeah. It showcases yet BTS's massive free show at Busan's World Expo in October, which welcomed more than fifty thousand in person guests. Yet to yeah. come. Yeah. I mean, in it's, cinemas, it's K-pop and K-pop. I feel like I feel like this is crowds. just a bad translation. Nah, so like it's yet to come. I think it's like first time in theaters or the first movie sort of thing, but it doesn't translate super well from Korean, would be my guess. Maybe. Or maybe it's like the like the name of one of their singles or something. Who knows? Yeah, it's a it's a very weird title, but fucking people Oh yeah, I think they had that one I think they had that one song coming in cinemas, so maybe that was people they debuted that song. People lining up for them. <laughs> lining up for their coming in cinemas. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's a 4D experience. That's why there's so many people in these K-pop boy bands because you gotta take that in shifts. No one person can come that much. That's why. That's why I saw people walking into the movie theater with a rain jacket on. Oh, Wouldn't that defeat the purpose of going? Some. Well, some don't like it in their hair. Some. Try to try to open their mouth and have you aim for the target. It's like one of those. It's like one of those uh, of carnival games where you have to pop the balloon. Exactly. Exactly. Somehow, you know, boys. somehow, Peter, what you said was worse than what Jake said. <laughs> I have I have an act for these things. It depends on what BTS boy you get, though. Sometimes I, I know uh, Jimin is, is quite the uh, shotgun approach. I think we're about approach, to. So. Think we're about done discussing this. Let's let's not talk more anymore about yetting, uh, yetting to come. <laughs> let's talk about puss, puss and boots, puss, puss and boots, oh. crush it. Yeah, yet to come, crush that puss. puss. Uh, Still, it, I. I want to go. I gotta go you see. You gotta this go movie. see it. Very like good retention. Like my god. Yeah, down twenty five percent. Coming in at number five with seven point eight mil. The memes came out to uh, play. It's tor- down a couple uh, hundred theaters. Yeah. Uh, total worldwide of three hundred and seventy three million, 
which, uh, interestingly, the animation style in this movie is compared a lot to Spider-Verse, and that is right about how much money Into the Spider-Verse made in theaters. That's It actually might be a little bit more. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I want to say that made, like, around 350 Oh, close. 384 Okay. Worldwide. So it, it did make a little bit more than Puss in Boots has so far yeah but a couple if if puss in boots keeps its current trajectory it will pass spider-verse yeah give it a couple weeks yeah uh tom hanks did not call auto um, called an audible and at number six down two positions a man called auto uh 4.2 mil with a worldwide take of 84 million um not the great not the greatest, also not the worst. Uh, depending on the I think budget, that, yeah, I would, I would think that's in yeah. the green for how expensive I envision this movie to have been. Yeah. Uh, the banger. Uh, yeah, it's the banger, bro. Seven, <laughs> down two positions as well, um, making 160 million worldwide. That that made that's a lot uh, of money. Uh, 3.8 million down 38 percent out of a few hundred theaters. Uh, that's on its way out, which is understandable. I mean, that's that's five, six, seven weeks in theaters. That's about average for like a a thriller a of horror this, movie. But, uh, we're yeah. up getting a Megan too. Well, I think the whole reason they made Megan is because they don't. There's a weird rights issue with uh the child's play franchise where i think sony owns the rights to the first one but none of the sequels so they wanted or universal rather owns the rights to the first one and has the television rights but they want their own franchise that's basically the same thing (laughs) they can um does does sony own uh mgm I don't know who owns MGM actually. Um, that's who has a. That's. Yeah, first film and remake only is MGM, um, and Universal has the um, sequels. Right. Okay, so they have the uh, sequels. Universal. Okay, so I guess I had that backwards. So I don't know why they basically made an identical franchise to one they already own. I mean, I kind of get it, you know. Um, I I feel like I'm I'm getting a little bit of that like remake exhaustion. Um, I I don't think a, a child's play remake would be would be good at all. I mean, they already did it <laughs> yeah, a couple years it. ago. Didn't Two they? years they, ago, they did, yeah. They did a child yeah. remake, it was, it and was I don't. Like, okay. Yeah, I I think this was better received than than they that. They have though. the TV show now too, which people oh. like. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think this is different enough where it's not the same thing. Because like one of the appeals of Chucky was that like he was like a real like potty mouth trash talker. I guess. Yeah. I. I don't. Um, this puts a little bit. And it's more it's that of kind of robot. vibe where he's just like a real asshole about everything. And this is, it's it's a different kind of feel. This doesn't have like the supernatural element. No, it's not voodoo. It's just it's a robot thing, which I think ironically is what the remake was essentially. 
Yeah, it was like a... Yes, it was. The remake was all like uh, AI or on the cloud that... A uh, killer clown. Killer right? cloud. <laughs> You've had killer clowns. Now have the killer cloud. Puts a whole new meaning to killer app. Oh, that's actually new that's a good that's planted. not a bad tagline. We should be working in the movie business. I pitched I yeah, pitched right? a dynamite anchorman three. Jake's cooking up killer taglines. Let us make duck duck goose, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Pick pack toe corpses in a row. Motherfucker. <laughs> I will make you two hundred million dollars, Sony. <laughs> I need a bucket of speedballs and a fucking and a Prius <laughs> and we go to California. We're one script away from being trillionaires, guys. We're, I don't I don't think you We're just a couple projects away from exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, coming in at number eight, uh, we got missing, making three point seven. Um, too much here. Twenty three million worldwide. Uh, number nine, uh, we have the chosen season three finale. Uh, that's you another know. fathom event, bringing in three point six milli. Uh, worldwide take is five point five. Great, Jesus, awesome. I didn't know he came three times. Uh, and then rounding out the top ten is our boy Pathan. Peyton at 2.68 million worldwide total is 101 million shout out to the great job Pathan. good job shout out to the amazing maurice the amazing um, maurice didn't maurice. get there because wow. i didn't hear anything about it and <laughs> yeah. uh no one knew this is like an animated feature apparently it from a company that like is trying to break into the the game were it's... they the ones who did the luck movie I don't know. Um, there's, I can't read it because the thumbnail. Um, here, let me see if I can find a full res. Um, but it it's got some sort of Sundance branding on it. But when I try to read it on the thumbnail, it's it's too blurry for me to make oh, out. That's, that's fucking scary. Holy shit! I I saw it like a an actual thumbnail and, <laughs> good Christ! Just look it up on YouTube. Um, he's got he's got a like a disgusting Cheshire grin. Official selection, twenty twenty three Sundance Film Festival. So, so just, it was just selected to be there, <laughs> which I mean yay. is not nothing. To be fair, <laughs> I don't know if it was received well at Sundance. This story follows Maurice, a goofy streetwise cat who has the perfect money-making scam he finds a dumb-looking kid who plays a pipe and has his very own horde of rats who are strangely literate <laughs> so looking at it now oh this is a terry pratchett joint and all the uh or the book is at least all the people watching uh so it's from sky cinema which i know sky is like the cable provider in the united kingdom yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, it uh, it looks it looks fairly okay. They're going for a Pixar meets claymation kind of style. It looks like some of the Tim Burton animated movies. They got the they got the, uh, and the English boys out. For yeah, this. they got they got the British Dream Team out here. You got Hugh Laurie, Amelia Clark, David uh, Tennant. 
Yeah. Himesh Patel, Joe Sugg. Actually, I don't recognize a lot of these people. Rob Bryden. <laughs> oh, yep, Rob Bryden. Yeah, so this is, you know what? I'm glad the uh, the overly star-stuffed uh, animated feature has made it across the Atlantic Ocean. And now other other uh, yeah, countries I guess there's have a, enough cast to be able to do it. There's where a you couple. throw every every popular actor in as a voice acting role, and there's everyone a, gets a credit. There must be a couple of uh, places. Uh, Seventeen hundred feet, really? Okay. Um, playing in the U.S., I guess. Uh, it, it it's no surprise to to anyone, I'm sure, to find out that it's made the majority of its money internationally, and I bet you. If you gave me two guesses, I could tell you which country. <laughs> hmm. uh, from Viva Pictures. Oh, lads, we going, to, we going to see the new Viva Pictures movie. Y'all remember? All right. Barely tangential, but before we get on to tech news, one thing. Y'all remember Viva Pinata? Yes, and I knew that's where you were going to yeah. go. I almost cut you off and said, are you going to say, do you remember Viva Pinata? Because not only do I remember Viva Pinata... I remember the fact that there was a TV show spinoff of Viva Pinata. I remember. Oh, I knew it as the TV show first. I thought they made a spinoff game about it. I th- I want to say the video game came first. I thought, yeah, that's what okay. I thought too. Viva Pinata. Because Viva Pinata was like one of the. Um, it was. It was a big weirdly poster childs of. Oh, oh, it's it actually. A, I think it's a 360 exclusive, I believe. Oh, th- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Viva Pinata. First release of Viva Pinata was November 6, 2006. Yeah, it was one of the early 360 titles. Okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. And developed by Rare, so this was like their first big next-gen project since Microsoft bought them. Um. And uh, you know, there it has its fans. It All right, was a, yeah, Viva it Pinata was show. It, yeah, it's it's reviewed pretty well. Uh, Viva Pinata TV series, which uh, almost co-released, uh, also ran on four kids, which would be the Fox block, two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then on the CW four kids in two thousand eight. All right, on to gaming news. <laughs> gaming news. Um, I only have a few stories that I pulled out here because I have a review. And okay. I'm going to try to keep things tight. Uh, modders have used AI to put voice acting into Morrowind, and the results are surprisingly not the worst. They're not okay. great. Like it, it definitely, it definitely doesn't sound like a human necessarily. However, okay, it does kind of sound like bad bombastic voice acting from the late '90s in video games. So in a way, it's really on theme. <laughs> <laughs> Inadvertent. Yeah. Okay. I'm concerned about AI. Oh, yes. I think we, we've definitely reached how... the point where I am I'm officially worried. 
about yeah. how quick yeah. this has all happened. <laughs> like, oh, shit, dude. I mean, before it was a fun little thing. Like, but when I say before, this is how fast it's like grown. Before, uh, a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Is when people were asking Chat GPT I mean, all these dumb little prompts around Thanksgiving, and right? Now, we were we were throwing stuff in. Yeah, we were throwing shit into yeah. Dali. I remember, you know, I remember exactly what what kicked it off. Like in our group, at least, I I made a comment about how Sammy Sosa looks like a fucking Cuban mortician these days, and then Peter typed into Dali Sammy Sosa as Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, and it just it went, it took off from there. <laughs> and now here we are and like chat gpt is like doing doing a little bit of disruption it's it's very much the you know ai right and now validating is the way that the internet choices. was in like the 90s where it's right now it's a wild west where um you know there's there's a lot of right to be concerned about you know or at least cautious about what's gonna happen to it um but this is where all the crazy shit is going to go down. And in the next, I guess, five years, it'll we'll see what the what the dominant mode of usage of this is going to be. Well, yeah, like I brought up earlier, like it can be used for really damning stuff. People were able to like legitimately. I mean, it looks a little off, but I swear if you showed that to like any unsuspecting person like ai porn with somebody else's face on on a you know a body Mm -hmm. they're not going to know anything other like any any better other than like it's produced really well and it's not like an the lighting's too good (laughs) yeah they're they're like oh this is obviously professionally done but like that's totally their face and and i'm just thinking of like uh, somebody brought up a really good point and they joked about it and said no we shouldn't do that but no, you really fucking should do that. Is do it to politicians. Sex scandals come out all the time about them, or they threaten to, and that could be like the ending. Well, of see, that's the thing that scares me most about deep fakes is like the fact that you can literally put words into people's mouths and and fake mm-hmm. footage against it. Like it, it becomes much harder to discern what is true in the world yeah we are not very far away from seeing that used in a court case uh in a defense of saying oh that wasn't me that was uh or how do you know this photo wasn't ai edited um uh or ai created for that fact um or a a sound bite being ai created uh, because it doesn't but take there much. Are, you can take it from like a on the same token though like there's there's call for that like people who maybe aren't very artistically talented but want to like commission art for whatever hobby they're working on mm-hmm. yeah no there i it's a tool. for example <laughs> this yeah. guy uh wanted to get uh, art for proxy lands and magic basics that had bunnies on them, and there's nothing out there. <laughs> yeah, no bunny lands. There's a frightening lack of bunnies in magic in general. <laughs> That's fair enough. 
Hey, you have you you do have a commander. I do. I have Ellie, Bunny Princess. <laughs> no, that the, no, that's uh, not the real. I was say the rabbit no, wizard. Oh yeah, Gwen. Yeah, I, I have uh, a, yeah, a, a a Gwendolyn uh, Day Curacy. Gwendolyn Ducorci. Yeah, Ducorci. Uh, I have a altar. That's my my rabbit Ellie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And the card um, is called Ellie Bunny but Princess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you do bring up a good point though. I think I think AI can be used as a really useful tool. Um, it just has to be used for the right reasons. I mean, just like anything, honestly. Um, I think it's just like the internet. It's readily available to a lot of people, um, and that just means there's gonna be a uh, the availability for more bad actors to be. Yeah, I feel like Peter's analogy was pretty spot on. This we're kind of like in the early internet days of this, yeah, yeah. or like even early mm-hmm. video share, like you know, like Napster and and LimeWire stuff running all over the place. Um, and it's gonna there's gonna be some wild shit happening. Uh, hopefully nothing like irreversibly bad happens because like there's there's a chance for that to happen this isn't quite harmless but i suppose in the early days of the internet uh there was a chance for really bad shit to happen too but uh i think in in like 10 years or so it's going to shake out and ai is going to be mostly uh a uh cost saving measure for corporate entities (laughs) oh sure yeah yeah I mean, I, I'm I'm totally expecting that to happen. Too. Can we have an AI CEO? I mean, Corpo it, bots. It'll happen. It will happen. I mean, we'll have it to where an AI runs a company and or I'm, starts a company. And I'm not talking about the DAO, which is they wanted to create an autonomous system uh, for running companies and running organizations um, using Bitcoin. And you can guess how well that worked. Well, I mean, it, it should be only a matter of time until they're like, hey, let's, uh, you know, chat GPT, uh, start a business for me. And, uh, you know, it gets to the point where it, it tells you how to do your accounting and mm-hmm. where to get the money from and ideas. So the thing about chat GPT uh, is that it answers questions with a lot of confidence, but it's not always right. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody did did a test. Like it didn't. It couldn't perform a simple Google search. Um, but there are instances where it does uh, take into account. Well, certain- I'm I'm referencing kind of like so. Uh, Linus Tech Tips did a video about it, and they were like, "Okay, I'm going to get Chat GPT to walk me through building a PC," and it had some very good information, and um, it was largely correct in the procedures, but there were a few critical things on which it was incorrect but because the rest of the information was good and it has the same like confidence interval for everything it says you know like there's there's potential for for things to go sideways sure speaking of well i guess not speaking of things going sideways but thinking of, of making new things um there is a fan remake project going on that seeks to remake the entirety of Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 um, in Unreal Engine 4. Interesting. A- and right Dark now... Two. Yes. Um, which is a banger of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people 
also like I it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people prefer Dark Forces one, like the the original one. But I think it might have close. had like, like no a one... better story, but Dark Forces two definitely played better, to my memory at least. It was that was the switch from two um, D like Doom style to like Quake style, right? Yeah, it was. It was maybe even a little bit beyond Quake, more like Unreal levels of graph. Well, maybe not quite Unreal levels of graphics. Um, remake it, but um. But yeah, the was, the okay, so I wanted to make sure my timeline was right on that. Yeah, no, like Dark Dark Forces two far more like 1997 looking PC game versus yeah, like, like Dark Forces 93 kind of like a LucasArts adventure game yeah kind of um, but the the progress on the remake looks incredible um, it completely changes the game like it's it's a complete and total remake and it looks fantastic so far. And the first two levels are playable now. So you can go out and experience it. Um, this fan remake is coming from a developer named Rupertal? Rupertal? Who mostly tinkers yeah. with Arma mods when they aren't remaking 90s PC classics from scratch. Top of that, you can currently play through... Two levels from the original game in the remake, um, and on top of that, there's four wave-based survival levels and a sandbox mode. And you can view the 3D models in the game in case you want to marvel at the poly count compared to the original game. Um, do 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 videos little double cross on Nurshadar. Yeah, it's robust. It looks, and, it looks pretty good. The only thing that I mean. My my only like uh, grumble with it, and that's just this is just a me thing. It's just got that motion blur. Hopefully, you can turn that off. Yeah, um, I, I just don't think it improves the the graphics. But other than that, like the fact that they added all these really nice lighting effects and um, filled out a lot of those details that you want to see from a from an upgrade like this. Yeah, there's move from there's certainly like janky animations and some like rough around the edges kind of visual things but the the fact that it's made from scratch by a dude or even just like a couple dudes it, it's very impressive uh for for where it is and i hope they continue with the project i would love to see a full game of this i know there was a similar effort uh not too long ago to remake Knights of the Little Republic in Unreal 4. I don't know if whoever was working on that kind of like pumped the brakes after the Coda remake was announced, but at the rate it's going, we're never going to fucking see that Coda remake. <laughs> so yeah. I would, I hope they, they continued on. I don't think they had even finished uh, Terrace. I think it was kind of like just a tech demo where the upper city of Terrace, you could walk around in it, but I don't think they had kind of like uh, fleshed out the entire world to make it playable. Um, and there's a lot 
beyond Terrace in that game. <laughs> so that's probably not coming anytime soon. Hogwarts Legacy is a very anticipated title that's uh, come out recently. And uh, unfortunately, PC port is in a bit of a sorry state. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, I've just heard everything else about it. Yeah, Harry Potter people are very passionate about their their hobby. Yeah. Well, then people don't understand like licensing stuff and or, you know, there's I don't know, at, at a certain point you got to be able to like separate art from the artist or even not even art from the artist, like art from the Original oh, it's because artist, of you like, know J.K. Rowling's yeah. artist. Yeah, um, it's the J.K. Rowling. I will song. like as so much as trouble. a little bit of context that though. I think it people have those folks have their argument bolstered by the fact that J.K. Rowling is like explicitly there's she's put out messages on Twitter saying like, "Hey, thanks for the royalty checks." I I look at them every mm. time someone complains about my uh, my views. So she's like explicitly linking like what she's doing politically to the profits from her game. So she doesn't want to disconnect the art from the uh, artist. Well, I think, yeah, okay, I feel I like that's that. retaliatory though. Might be. I mean, yeah, I think if, if everybody just left it alone, I don't think she would ever. Yeah, she's been so it. embattled and like, whether you agree with her outlook or not, um, there are ways to go about, there that are. and you well, know harassment and that sort of thing. Oh, I thought you were saying there's ways to go about getting this game. Well, no, no, well, no, it. but I'm I'm just like in in general like you don't have if you disagree with her, more power to you. Um, but like I know for a fact that she's had some heinous shit slung at her from people. And even if she herself is saying some heinous shit, that it's not appropriate to do that. So I can see her like reaching a point where like, well, fuck you, I'm getting paid. So there, there's like a couple ways to like view it. Um, like she may be, and, and the whole thing is transphobia. Um, she may be transphobic, but there's nothing explicitly transphobic about Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling has ghost-authored um, a very transphobic book, and nobody bought it, which is because it wasn't good. Harry Potter is good. There are other criticisms of Harry Potter books that you might be able to in- attribute to the games, like um, the goblins being uh, a little, um, little bit of a Jewish stereotype. Um, but other than that, like, and, and like, there might be some characters in the original Harry Potter books that were a little stereotypical. Other than that, like, there's, there's nothing transphobic about Harry Potter and the source material other than the author's, you know, personal views that we didn't know until much later than they came out. So the people getting mad at Hogwarts Legacy or people playing Hogwarts Legacy because... Uh, they think it would support something that's transphobic isn't a hundred percent true because the game itself isn't 
transphobic. Sure, she may be getting royalties from it, but you know what? There's there's ways around it, and streamers have tried to like um, donate to Trevor Project and and things on top of that, like try to make some good out of it if they if their fans do think that um, it's doing harm by playing it. But. It's definitely a quagmire of um, that kind of reaches into the whole ethical consumption under capitalism um, and the ethics of buying stuff, the ethics of boycotts. But this game, she had nothing to do with this game other than like no, creating the world in which it is set. But, and, and right, I, but she's also saying sure, like she's she's, getting... she's glad that she's connected to it, and she's wouldn't she's wouldn't you be, be glad that it's it. that something you created made money? Like just because someone has controversial opinions on things, does that mean that like they can't exist anymore? Like, <laughs> I think like I I get it, I. I don't know. I've always had this this conflict. Like the people um, who are hurt by boycotting this game are not her. Like Harry Potter is out there in the world in so many ways. Like it is it is the one thing that makes Disney Parks executives eyes twitch because as soon as they opened the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios for the first time in like 50 years Profits on like Disney's transport system from the airport to the Disney Park resorts went down. Yeah. So that's well, making yeah, money that, for her hand over fist. The people you hurt by not buying the game are the developers that put years of their hard work yeah. into making this game, which by all accounts so is pretty good from a game design perspective. Yeah. So, so two things that nobody is like making a stink out of that. And Hogwarts, the Universal Studios, the Hogwarts there makes a fuck ton of money every year and nobody says anything about far this. more the money than this game, game about it we'll everybody's make. everybody's up in arms and it's fucking dumb and it's so stupid second point this game regardless of the boycotts because i don't even think there's any it, it definitely doesn't hasn't made traction a handful <laughs> of people who say they don't want to play it and a handful of streamers who say i'm not gonna play it yet because i'm getting too much flack it's fucking making so much money. So many people are playing it. So many people are playing it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is topping the charts. Um, maybe not topping the charts, but coming in. It at definitely least a has been a recipient. Of I have and effect. I have not seen. A little bit. Uh, I have not seen this many. Like, I'm on a lot of different like gaming reddits, and like I'm seeing so many uh, Hogwarts Legacy posts. Like. I haven't seen a game with this much hype behind it in a while. Yeah. People who I didn't even know were Harry Potter fans were getting hyped for it. Who were just your normal like FPS shooter. Um, yeah, my like, boss was like, I've been following this game's development for years. And like I'm yeah. pre-ordering it. I'm like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> and it, it looks like a solid Now that's game one we from, can boycott. That I've seen. Yeah. Is, uh, it's not too bad. It's like... It's like Wizard meets Elden Ring. It's it's, it's a Dark Souls like like uh, uh, Wizarding World because it's a yeah. role. But That's back it. to uh, the PC performance issues. Um, it it's fairly characteristic of a game that has De Nuvo DRM in it, which is um, a very popular DRM 
because supposedly it's hard to crack, but they're day one torrents of Denuvo games now. So all it does is like push people to piracy because it tanks performance of the games it's installed on. But even on high-end systems, um, people are experiencing really bad stuttering, and once they get the Hogwarts, really bad FPS drops. It does appear to be uh, far more prevalent on NVIDIA graphics cards than AMD graphics cards, and uh, there are some workarounds. Some people have reported that uh, enabling DLSS has uh, fixed some of their issues. Um, in terms of performance, uh, which, you know, I usually have DLSS on anyway because it's free performance, basically. Um, but it is, it's another example of what's becoming more and more of an industry trend with just very lazy, haphazard PC ports that don't run well. And, like, it's... It's possible. Fucking Doom Eternal can run on a goddamn toaster at 60 FPS on high settings. <laughs> I I think it may. We there's probably actually videos. <laughs> probably, <laughs> I've seen Doom Eternal running on like, I well the fact that the Switch port of the Doom Eternal like even exists is amazing, in its own right. But I've seen like. It's called the Ein Odin. It's a, an Android emulation mm-hmm. tablet that's pretty decent, but it's like a $200 thing. And you can put Windows on it, and I've seen that running Doom Eternal at native resolution at high settings and getting 60 FPS. It's possible to optimize your games, baby. Huh. Um, and very quickly... Because we're we're running long here, I almost hesitate to get into it. But I'll do a, a truncated version of uh, my High on Life review. I've recently finished that game. High on Life is a decent game. It borrows a lot of mechanical elements from recent FPSs, such as Doom Eternal and Halo Infinite. Um, it is very much like Borderlands in that you will either connect with the humor and enjoy the characters because of it, or it's not going to click for you and you're going to be annoyed all the time. Um, by default, the gun dialogue, both enemy and gun quip settings are adjustable in your settings, thankfully, but they were by default sent to frequent, which is, at least for the guns, way too fucking much they never shut up if it's set on frequent and i couldn't even make it through the first level on default settings i had to turn it down uh but you can turn it all the way down to like they only speak for story reasons uh the cast of voice actors for the guns is is pretty good of course justin roiland voices kenny which is basically the same it's morty it's that it's that voice um, but you have J.B. Smoove voices one of the guns. Tim Robinson voices one of the guns, and I love his fucking character in the game. <laughs> it's a very Tim Robinson character, and it it's fucking perfect. And you you can like see him in the voice acting booth giving these li- some of these lines. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I can probably picture in my head now just just his general vibe. Um, so they're all they're pretty enjoyable if you turn the the frequency of which their dialogue happens down. The story is pretty blah. Aliens come to Earth. Uh, there's an international drug cartel that turns different species into psychedelic drugs. Um, and they've come to Earth, and they're they're using humans to that end. And you, your this protagonist and their sister uh, escape and have to go on an adventure to save save Earth. It's human race. pretty yeah. basic stuff. There's not really any story beats that stand out as being particularly exceptional or moving. Um, they're really more vehicles to get through like the levels which are um pretty blandly designed the game doesn't look bad but there's nothing really special or interesting uh terribly about the level design um mechanically the game's pretty solid enemy variety is a little lacking um there's basically different categories of base there's two factions of enemies to kind of um there's the early game gang, which gets reused a couple times, and then there's the G3 cartels, minions, and as you progress further in the game, they introduce a couple of new um, enemy types, but for the most part, it's the same enemies the whole game, and um, they're not particular. It's not. It's a very easy game, even on the hardest difficulty. There were only a handful of times where I, I had to reattempt different fights um mm -hmm. uh and is it like i, w I wonder if it's because they styled it as like kind of a comedy game um maybe i feel they like they just sure everything they just wanted to well like i could see that for the default difficulty the default difficulty is really easy um i ended up turning it up to hard mode because mm -hmm. it was just too easy uh, but even the hard mode was pretty pretty easy, and I'm not like the best FPS guy. I mean, I've beat Doom Eternal, which is like a badge of honor kind of thing, because that game's fucking hard. <laughs> but uh, this game really felt easy in that regard, which I, I guess kind of works for the type of game it is. Like, I wasn't really expecting a uh, really well fleshed out shooter. I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised. By how well you know it handles movement and that sort of thing, the gunplay is kind of eh. Uh, none of the guns are particularly satisfying to use, and a couple of them are really weird. Um, but it makes up for it with uh, the I I the humor worked for me, and there's a lot of fun voice actors like uh, Zach from Smiling Friends, Michael Cusack. I already touched on J.B. Smoove and Tim Robinson. Um, so a lot of recognizable voices if you've watched some of the things we've watched on the show. Um, yep. And there's... I laughed a, a good number of times at a lot of the jokes. There's there's some pretty decent stuff in there. But overall, it's a very shallow experience. Like, there's weapon mods and... I guess some upgrades you can buy, but I never bought anything that wasn't like 
in the path of a mission and I never really felt the need to do so because the game's not particularly challenging and you didn't need any of the upgrades and the whole thing can be finished and like how long to beat has it at nine hours but really if you're if you're moving through everything and not like stopping to gawk at the fact that you can watch the entirety of four separate movies in the game (laughs) Um, you could probably finish it in eight hours, and at sixty dollars, that's a tough sell. Um, it is yeah. available on Game Pass, which is how I played it. Um, if you have Game Pass, I'd say it's worth the the whirl. Uh, you know, try it, see if you like it. But if you have to spend your hard earned money on this, I would say wait till you can get it for like twenty bucks. I I don't think it's worth any more than that to be particularly honest. So I'd give it like a 6 out of 10 if I had to put a number on it. Just, which is is maybe a little higher than I would give our feature movie here today. (laughs) You people. Yeah. Um, I almost, like, part of it's that we we run it a little long, but like, I almost just don't want to talk about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, we'll... It's a little hard. We'll just... We'll go through it in broad strokes. Like, there really isn't a whole lot to dissect with this movie. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a collection of semi-humorous things woven together with a romantic comedy story structure and a really forced attempt at sending a, a social message, which is kind of confusing <laughs> I, dude, even the social message that like they tried to send was like was they was, sent- was kind of tainted with everything around it because uh the one thing i pointed out was like kind of all the characters oh suck. they're no one's like not in like in a movie. funny well way. actually jonah you hill know? is his character's kind of likable Kinda. Yeah, but that's like, that's yes. compared to the other ones. He's when he's fucking... when he's speaking in concise sentences, yeah, I liked him like for seventy percent of the movie, but then the twenty percent, which are basically the only times where he's talking to Eddie Murphy, his uh his fiance's dad, they had shit. like negative charisma, <laughs> chemistry. What the fuck? Why? Like why why do they write him like that? I don't understand. Because you also don't know when he's like lying or when he's trying yeah, to Yeah, like you don't fake, know a lot about like, his character. Get on his side? Like a lot about anyone's character, honestly. Yeah. And then they throw the Vegas scene in there and they're like, "Oh, you're also like a cokehead." Yeah. Sometimes and it's like when Who did, when are did they you? throw what, it? Yeah. what is your character? Yeah, he never um, does coke and he never like has mannerisms of someone who does coke at any other point in the movie. They're just like, "Oh, he's a broker. Obviously, he does coke." Right. Yeah. They set it up like the he's Jewish, the the Jewish broker stereotype that's a cokehead. Mm. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like they set him up on one hand as that and they also set him up on the other hand as like the white guy who's generally genuinely interested in black culture and and see that kind of aesthetic. The thing and, about his interest, like I, they don't do a lot to like explain how he got to do in this podcast. That been great, yeah. About black culture as as a non-black guy 
and like what his his interest in it is. Like I feel like they were trying to make him seem like a really you know, like a an ally or, or whatever. Yeah, like a down to earth kind of like he's he's just. But it kind of comes off because you're just thrown into it. Like, oh, you know, he does this podcast on the culture, as he calls it, and he ends up with a black girl, and it just kind of feels like jungle fever. Like it doesn't. Despite the like, uh, yeah, the they gave him a couple of like soliloquies to where he's like, "Oh, I just feel so understood by this girl." You know, it's I met this girl; she's great. She just happens to be black, but like they really hammer home that he's like into black stuff. <laughs> I don't even think it's that. Like, it almost feels like he's their point of connection is like they like the same shoes. Well, no, they're they're, like, they're, they're both they're, into they're the same kind of. There's a lot of shoe shots in this. There's a lot of talk about. A lot of a lot shoes. of sneakers, a lot of a lot of footwear. A lot of yeah, although foot I did kind of chuckle at the at the fact that he took his sneakers off before he got down on his knee to propose because he didn't want to scuff them. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> crease it. That's yeah, the, the creasing. The antique, there yeah, was, was some funny. legitimately um, funny stuff in this movie, but it was dude, so. There were. It was and far between. so much shit you had to wade through to get to it. Well, there was so much like cringy. Oh yeah, it's and, like, like secondhand embarrassment. The movie in a, in the bad way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, like there's know, there's stuff like I know meet that's... the parents right where yeah. that's a good yeah. example of it where it's the I think it, right that's the uptight parents who have high expectations and well, the bumbling it's but the, genuine yeah it's kind of the character. Int- it's more similar with the dads, the very intimidating dad figure that you're mm-hmm. trying to impress, but you kind of keep fucking that up. Yeah, right. And the thing I think they miss about that is that um, they they just I think they need to turn Eddie Murphy's character up just a smidge, just a little bit. Like I there's it there's an honest it's honestly good comedy. To have the um, have them just busting Jonah Hill's chops. Like, yeah, like we were talking at at work that, today. That like the one good scene they had together was when they were in the car and they were listening to the radio, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy pretended he didn't know the name of that song, and he tried yeah, to get Jonah is, Hill uh, to get it. "Fellas in Paris," as <laughs> Anthony Fantano uh, yes. paraphrases it. Um, and that was a, that was actually a meme, probably around the time this movie was being written. Um, you see it on YouTube where it's like, you know, and they, they photoshopped it in for like Anderson Cooper on who wants to be a millionaire. And the million dollar question <laughs> was who was in Paris. And yeah. they, the options pop up one by one. And when none of them are, are the explicit term, he's like, oh. so, so yeah. You, and you have the, you have the two, the two different like sides of the, the two different parents, which is kind of, I have an interesting insight into this movie as a man who does not belong to either ethnic group, but has dated a black girl and a Jewish girl in his lifetime. (laughs) It was not this awkward for me either time. (laughs) I was going to say like how irreconcilable were these, these racial fjords. Well, I mean, she was a black girl in Clifton park. So (laughs) 
<laughs> like we were all kind of well, white. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Kurt, I think you were dealing with real yes, human beings, not caricatures. And these were fucking robots. These were not. These were NPCs that were fucking like the parents that. I don't. I'm sorry. They they were just not real. They were not realistic, and I think that's where it where it uh, it jarred me so much is that. I mean, the two main, like, parents who did the things, Eddie Murphy and Julia Louise Dreyfus, were uh, just so not human because every single thing they said had to be uh, jokey or had to be some way of either racism or insensitivity. Um, and that's just not how people talk. Like, on Eddie Murphy's part, Akbar. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Woody is is what his is, uh, you know yeah. real name was. Or his birth name, like yeah. right off the get go, he's like, uh, you know, what religion is he? You know, being like taken aback. Talking about how his kids aren't black enough, or the people in this place aren't black. Like he, they came on strong with his race, really, really, and they strong. like tried to make Julia's character just as that. But they made a they Which they made so a big mistake, weird. and that's they had the scene at Temple on Yom Kippur in the beginning, and they kind of established Julia Louis Dreyfus's character as just being a socially retarded, bumbling socially idiot kind of person, and it's very easy yeah. to read her her racism, her microaggressions as just her being oblivious socially. And they kind of like make that seem like a generational thing because Jonah Hill's character is also hella oblivious socially. <laughs> but that's, but that's just, yeah. And the problem with that is that it like, it takes the humanity out of that character and turns them into just a character and a stereotype because she lost that, personhood of being jonah hill's mom who is jewish um who's married to this other guy who for some reason is obsessed with exhibit i didn't understand that has the one the one joke there the joke that went too far and 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 they took that out of her and they turned her into a character of the only thing she's gonna do for the rest of this movie is make people feel uncomfortable because she's always going to bring up things about her new family uh and bring up their race you know bring up their their hair bring up um the the cops killing yeah black it's, people. it's like, the like that the, conversation um, was so fucking weird because like that was the second thing out of her mouth and it, it it's like, where's the comedy in that situation other than, well, that's awkward, but it's not like a situation where it, it came up organically in conversation. That was like very much a part of the scene is how inorganically it was brought into the conversation. Yeah. Um, it, and just so superficial because she's always bringing up things that she can see, um, not asking about somebody. Uh, so she's a very superficial person and and it never really Remember, cuts um, and then later on when you have the wedding scene she never like she never owns up to the fact that she never asked about um amira the laura lauren yeah. london's character um she never asked about her she never like got Which to know her the whole as a character person. flaw right she always said yeah. 
hey, you're black. Let me talk to you about things that might be important to you as a black person, not things that are important to you as a and person. And which this person. this movie is just so obsessed with race. Like, yeah. Um. Did you guys? It must be exhausting. Remember that movie uh, Crash. Um. Yes. It was, it was a. It won an Oscar, and I don't. I never watched it, but from what I've heard, it was like. Almost in the same way. It was like this very, like, it was just slinging, like, racial tension just everywhere for drama. Is it the the one with Don Cheadle? Yeah. Um, There's a couple crashes. Yeah, 2004, I believe. Yeah, and it's just, like, racial tension the movie. Well, I think... Unneeded and, like, weirdly out of place. Well, isn't it about, like... The L.A. police, which yeah. have a yeah. really well-documented spotty history of race relations. Right, but it told the yeah. story in like this. Uh, the the review, the criticisms I've seen is that it told the story in a very blunt way without a lot of nuance. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Like, and, that happens in a, a lot of these movies, unfortunately. Which I think if you... If you trickled a little bit of that in here, and you put some nuance and some if you had them human be like people, like yeah, I guess this is work? kind of yeah. like a. I'm gonna get on my soapbox. This is Kurt Bennett's guide to fucking racial harmony. Treat people like people, <laughs> and just yeah. like talk to them as well, people. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. Every every scene in this movie was either about their race, about their religion, or that no, that's yeah, it. They I mean, had there there really wasn't ever any or about Jonah Hill's podcast. Like that's and there's that's no there's no character religion. that's kind of like a neutral touchstone. For the audience, it's like the closest thing is Mo. Yeah, is his, like his his brother, friend. right? I would say Mo. No, or Mo the is the podcast. Oh no, or... she's definitely not the normal oh. touchstone. Well, she's, she's supposed like she's put in the story as that, but yeah, she's definitely like she's fucking. She's like pro segregation. Te- yeah, pretty much. She's like you went out and stole their only adult daughter as a white man. And it's like she didn't steal shit. It, it's a consensual Wait, relationship. They're adults. <laughs> Well, first of all, why is why is Mo just bringing that up now that they're getting like married closer to the wedding, and not when he like first told her about it? It's like it, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I, I think like, the uh, her like character the, the, the normal people so... that exist in this movie are more the Omar, the son of Eddie Murphy, and um mm-hmm. and and the daughter, and then the brother. That's of funny. Eddie the Murphy Tron wedding. Gaps. That was that was a good little bit. Oh, I love Dion Cole. Dion yeah. Cole's great. Um, the um, it, it's the thing. It's like a lot of the jo- the jokes that landed for me were the ones that really didn't have anything to do with the premise. Um, I did laugh at one scene. There's one scene where I was just like, I I leaned back and just howled because this movie is like it's a slog. It's like beating me down with these. It's not even anti jokes. It's just sads. I'm calling them sads because <laughs> I felt bad at the end of these scenes and. Then it comes up with their big product placement, which is Southwest Airlines, and it's this big wide shot of a Southwest plane as they go to Vegas. And I just I, I yell out to the void in my apartment, Southwest, the airline of irreconcilable racial differences. Um, 
and I just I couldn't get that 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 brand association out of my head. I'm like, is that really what you're putting your name on here? And then in that scene, they're talking about how like you know, uh, uh, Akbar comes in and he's um, like he, a fucking sociopath. <laughs> yeah, and he does the whole thing, and they're ta- they're commenting about it afterwards, where he's like, that's the kind of guy who will like stab you in the back and get nine and a half hours of sleep. And then it pans over to this other dude who has nothing to do with the scene. He's like, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. I looked up and for my this, switch. It's this <laughs> side joke. Just this little quip. And it's so much more like concise and and right on the nose, perfectly timed. I was like, damn, that was a good joke. That was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like the ingredients were there for this movie to work but whoever wrote it just i think it was the the two main actors i feel like it jonah hill oh no sorry jonah yeah, jonah hill and kenya barris oh yeah i looked up the director after this because i was very confused at who would like make this movie and kenya barris is um I think this is was his directorial. Oh, he debut, directed this. If I'm not mistaken. He did. Okay, yeah. sure did. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, and he did Blackish and Black AF. Um. So he's very in. That's this his. Scene that's his topic of, of choice. Which makes sense because there was a lot more stuff directed towards black people and made, and ultimately made them the victim at the end. Um, instead of like. What I think would have been a little bit better was making like equal parts, like the the Jewish family um, feel affected, and they tried to do that by uh, I don't know. They tried to do that by like having uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus have like uh, uh, the apology at the end by saying, you know, I'm sorry, I I focused too much on you superficially mm-hmm. and never saw you as a person, and I thought that was a very um, I thought it was a thin apology uh, when you compare it to like Eddie Murphy who like, yeah, I've been beating on you since I fucking well, first met you and never like <laughs> gave you a chance. And like, I kind of fairness, Eddie Murphy's transgressions against Jonah Hill were far worse than uh, Julia's transgressions against. Yes. Uh, yes. Like she never did anything that could have gotten yeah. her killed. <laughs> <laughs> no no that yeah that was that, I mean I, that was also why the it fu- felt yeah. like lopsided that too crip, the crip was, scene was the fact that, where he comes he brings him into the crip barbershop wearing the red hoodie and I'm like yeah, on the one hand <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad things are at a place where they won't shoot you on, you know they wouldn't shoot you on sight for that they'll just be like what are you doing yeah <laughs> you're wearing the wrong shirt and then he goes on a, then eddie murphy's character akbar he goes on like a weird rant about like being a prison bitch and i'm like what, what? as he's taking his sweatshirt off like him taking his sweatshirt off was going to turn him into a prison bitch <laughs> yeah i like i will i checked out i think i disassociated that part because i was like what did I miss a really important piece of the conversation that ties Eddie Murphy talking about being a prison bitch to the blood crip thing? Because like that was making sense right up until Eddie Murphy started spouting out. Yeah, nonsense. I, I lost it there. Um, I think he was riffing. I don't think that a, was in the script. See, 
I got the feeling. You know what I also feel like was riffing? There's one of the podcast cutaways where um, (laughs) Jonah Hill is talking with Mo, and he just says to Mo, you're extremely unlikable. (laughs) And I was like, that's got to be riffing, because that's (laughs) my exact opinion of the character. (laughs) It honestly kind of is uncanny to feel if, not just riffing, but it feels like the 2016 Ghostbusters riffing, where they let the camera roll and let the characters, let the actors like act naturally and try and search for topics of like conversation and stuff to improv on. That's what it, that's really what it felt like. Um, so, that's why everyone you know talks not- with a kind of a, a nervous, you know, sort of stammer, you know, and never really, you don't really get to the, you know, the, the point there exactly, but we kind of dance around and use a lot of words when, uh, you know, kind of a few words could kind of, I don't know, maybe do a little better. You know, what was not riffing was all of David Tchaikovsky's um, mentions about Exhibit uh, because he he actually worked with Exhibit on the X-Files together. Um, Exhibit was in like in one episode and, of the X-Files. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't, uh, oh, X-Files, I want to believe, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, but he didn't want to bring that up to the creators because he was afraid they were going to cut his lines about Exhibit. And he was excited to talk about Exhibit. I will, s- movie. I will so say one thing about Exhibit. Uh, he gives a killer performance in the Twisted Transistor music video. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll so the, the premise of the... So uh, there's band Korn. There's a new metal band Korn. They're not mm-hmm. great, but there was a phase in my life where I was kind of into their music. Yep. They're popular. They put out a song called twisted transistor and the music video for that the gimmick is that they got a bunch of rappers to play the band members of corn <laughs> and kind of like go through them promoting the album and then corn themselves show up as like uh executive producers being like you know hip-hop's really hot right now so i don't know if we're gonna make this record <laughs> but you've That's got cute. you've got snoop dogg you've got Lil john You've got exhibit, and they all fucking kill it. <laughs> right. the The premise for that sounds better than this than this movie. It is much like the um, one. The scene that people were really comparing this to was a subplot in like Entourage, where basically the same thing happens. Like the the white guy and the black girl fall in love because of their their mutual appreciation for style shoes, um, and also people are comparing it to Twenty Two Jump Street. Where, um, with also with Jonah Hill, where he was, um, he's he had sex with the captain's daughter, and there's there's yeah. a scene where he where it all comes together, and they have to be uh, pleasant with each other and pretend they don't know each other, <laughs> while Captain, who's played by um, Ice Cube, uh, yeah, Ice Cube is Ice just Cube, trying yeah. to barely hold back his his uncontainable rage, and he's going up to the, and that's funny because he's also doing something he's like channeling it into like something that's like observational relatable humor because he goes up to the buffet and they're giving him like meager portions he's like what is this two what are we rationing two string beans give me that it's almost as if that movie was written by people who are actually good at writing movies yeah yeah um yeah and we so we should say like um 
yeah, the the plot of this just like two second rundown. It's the classic rom com. Meet cute. They have a montage where they fall in love. Even their fucking the meet so cute was rough. Cause he gets in the car thinking it's an Uber. And she's like, oh, you just saw a black girl in a cheap car. First off, a Mini Cooper is not a cheap car. They're like 35 grand. <laughs> yeah. And he's and railing into it. They're his like story. arguing with each other and somehow like, he's like, that's her Let's immediate. Like, if you're someone who immediately jumps to, oh, you got in this car thinking it, that pole in front of this place of business thinking it was an Uber, you're racist. <laughs> On on top of that, he uh, he gives her directions to where she wants to go, and and it's a total stranger. So she's like, kind of reckless with that. But and that was yeah, that was the first weird I, thing. The, then they, the one thing I'll say about the meet cute and the rom com elements of it, they do leave a lot to um, uh, kind of up in the air instead of like dragging it out and showing it. Which I appreciated. I don't. We don't need to go the whole night. It must have been and, pretty and incredible if they're getting married after only dating for six months. Months. <laughs> it sure was fucking yeah. fast. I I thought about that too. I was like, okay, that's quick, but fine. And then and, it, it, and then all it they did was just like it was a title card. You could have put any amount of time in there, and it would have made zero difference to the story. But yeah. you chose six months. In between months. any of those, oh. God, I got kind of mentioned quickly the fucking the scene transitions, the little like the the faded photo transitions with, um, you know, the entire rap catalog that Netflix had access to <laughs> and between every scene. And it was like it turned it. I just it I tuned it out because it was mush and contributed nothing. Um, so, yeah, that they break up because uh, of their families, which like side note. I, anyone who goes to like premarital counseling, I feel like one of the things they, they get told is like, you're there for each other. You're a couple as you're married, you're your own family unit first. Yeah. And then it's the other family around you. Um, they did not take that to heart. And they, they're like, even though they said, oh, we, it, we get each other, but our families. We love each, each other so much, but our, I don't know what's going to work with our families. It's like, all right, so yeah, I th- I thought that was rushed. That that the breakup which is part weird of it in a two-hour really movie. You know what was also kind of weird? Yeah. Like the first scene where you meet Akbar and the rest of her family. Like her mother's not there, and they kind of like speak about her in the past tense. So I was expecting her to be dead, but then in like two scenes later, she's just at Roscoe's. <laughs> And she's, just there. she's barely in the movie. She has like almost no character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That like was at least I, at least David Duchovny's character, Jonah Hill's dad, had a a memorable trait to him. His obsession with exhibit. Her mom, like, if she weren't even even in the movie, I don't know that would make any difference. Remember when they made the sister yeah. gay and it had no bearing on the rest of the plot? No, it was just just to be that they had to tick another box on their uh, representation and they, scorecard. And they had to call they had to call it out. They had to make such a that was her only character. Such an awkward They must have just cut that scene. Um, her being yeah, so snarky they, and her being gay are only two character traits. Yeah, like I I guess the only thing that it did was like 
add to the awkwardness of like how the parents talked about even their own family where they were like oh yeah there she there she goes doing that lgb lg thing and it's like oh haha they they're not hip with like lgbtq but they're accepting of their daughter. well i think they were trying like, to show that they make uh, an effort to be accepting of people which was kind of a weird angle because they so, were also trying to play the angle that they're closed off and not progressive yeah yeah, they're they're the fake. They're like the fake mm. progress. Well, not fake progressive, but they're like the, the. What's oh, the, I want to be progressive, but I don't want to like try passive too hard. progressive, right? Um, that's the that's the buzzword yeah, for it. Passive progressive, but but I mean, like they, again, they try to show this element of um, when when they try too hard, sometimes it comes off as offensive. Where, sure, it may not be the most. It's not offensive to ask about a black girl's hair but you kind of turn it when you ask about it a certain way you turn it into like a spectacle and objectification you which show like off. and it's a, yeah objectification and like, of it i i don't feel I, like I, any I kind human of would ask it like that i feel like they would be was, like hey like, so what's go what's up with you know like yeah. In a like, like a human way, yeah, y'all remember that from the early Family Guy seasons where Stewie like he goes to Cleveland, he's like, "Can I touch your hair?" And Cleveland's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, it's like a sheep." Oh. It's like, but that's like something that kids yeah. do, you know? It's like, uh, and again, they were trying to make her out to be like she's never seen a black person in her <laughs> entire life, and like this is like this is all new, and she's like, uh, I mean, Lauren Lauren's uh, character kind of you know spelled it out for you you treat you she was treating her as like a toy that she could kind of tout mm-hmm. around and and you know, so go off regardless they break up and well, then three months later <laughs> they say oh man all right i turned my character around let's need let's make them <laughs> let's we, let's we haven't thrust a marriage shown because, anything you know, we haven't shown anything to indicate there'd be character growth the the main characters have gone through like Joe- nothing at all and now we've we've architected this apology because we feel bad for reasons that have not been adequately explained. And oh, by the way, surprise wedding people who just got back together after being broken up for they didn't even get together. They just said, "I'd see you," and man, I miss you. Yeah, darn. Like that's not that's not even getting good. That's just they like... got shit. They gotta work out. <laughs> like... Yep. There's there's baggage there. Like. And we skipped right over the monologue, which which should have been the real ending based on the content of the movie, where Jonah Hill goes, yeah, no, whites and blacks will never get along. Yeah. <laughs> Racial harmony is an impossibility in our time. Uh-huh. And Mo's like, yeah, yeah. Of course I'm right. I'm and then the scene right. ends. <laughs> yeah. I I want to end I want to end here and then it ends with the the CGI kiss, which is like the the note the part that made waves with Reddit. They were like, oh. Because they CGI'd the the pivotal like ending kiss, um, they and they threw like confetti in front of it to kind of mask it up because I think there was something in the contract about like they, they didn't want to like do a kissing scene, and there isn't a lot of kissing at all. They do a lot really? of like hugging. They almost like never like, chummy th- hugging for for people who are getting married. They do not appear to like like each other at least physically. They don't really. <laughs> appear to be that interested in each other uh 
you people kiss. Let's see if I can find anything. No, that's that's about how much married people kiss. I I barely kiss Chris tonight. Mm-hmm. Like once we got married, it was like, all right, that's our last one. Yep, and you just you hug each other instead. It's just a just a regular. Yeah. You know. I did dap her up this morning <laughs> when she was asleep. When she was like kind of asleep, I was like, "Hey yo." <laughs> Yeah, I um, I would, I could sum up this movie like the the comedy of the comedy quotes in the of this movie as Rick from uh, Bushland Adventures going, "What are you racist?" Yeah, I I like to end here. We're, we're gonna get, you get a bonus IMDb user review. Okay. Because I feel like uh, the top featured review offers a fairly succinct summary of this movie from someone who at least purports to have a different perspective on it or at least not a different perspective but different life experience um six out of ten from hawken hawken s-u-h-c you people the racism actually got on my nerves ellipses the black side actually aggravated me more than anything i'm black and was almost embarrassed they just seem incredibly racist for all that Jonah Hill's character tried to do, it just seems as if they couldn't acknowledge it. They didn't care. He was white, and that was the problem. At one point, I almost wanted to scream at the screen. As for the white family, or side of the family, their ignorance to me was just them trying to make the girl feel welcomed in their own misguided way. There were times when this movie actually became a tad bit painful to watch. I know there's supposed to be a moral to this, but the movie almost promoted racism. They, in my opinion, wanted to turn the white mom interest into a Karen, unfairly. I actually felt bad for her because she didn't realize what she was doing and it was brought to her attention in such a horrible way. Also, I think Jonah Hill's character was much stronger than Lauren London's character, Amira. Also, side note, it annoyed me that Eddie Murphy said the N-word every other sentence in this movie, but took issues with white people. I've had, I've always had an issue with this because I've just felt like you don't like it being said, don't you say it. Ellipses. 185 out of 197 found that helpful. Mm. I think that's a pretty yeah. succinct summary of the movie. There's, yeah. There's, I, I mean, I could keep going on about this movie, but I'm not going to. Like, It's work. not worth the effort. Mm-hmm. It's a I'll, bad I'll, movie. I'll just complain about it in my own time. <laughs> don't <laughs> watch it. I mean, yeah, I'll, we'll probably bring and, it up to to rib each other or, or or pop a laugh for the next few months but largely i will forget this movie as soon as i hit stop recording on this episode of the podcast yep, yep. go watch a, a more cinematic masterpiece masterpiece like guess who yeah um all right yeah well, I... I think that's gonna gonna do it for for this episode of the sound studs podcast um Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.